Hello, this is Sudeep Tomandal and you're listening to What's Your Ism? A set of dialogues with some of the most exciting people in this politically charged time. This is a show about ideas, ideologies and their inherent contradictions. I have a dream that socially I am afforded the same respect as men. Let us leave aside words which frighten people. At the stroke of the midnight hour, We have somebody really smart with us today. Um, he's somebody who is India's leading public intellectuals, recognizable by face and by his daffro. Um, named, <laughs> he's playing with his hair right now. Uh, he's also uh, named one of the 25 most influential young Indians by GQ. Uh, the most influential Dalit intellectual, uh, according to Z. The author of Caste Matters. Scholar, intellectual, stylist, Suraj Engde. Welcome to this show. Thank you so much for coming here. Thank you so much. Oh, I love my voice. You love your voice? Let me give you some soothing exercise. Close your eyes. Let a most <laughs> passionate violin go in the background. And now breathe in. Breathe out. Mm. It's therapeutic for myself <laughs> when you can hear the melody of your own uh, voice. It is echoing uh, in in a, in a soulful chamber that you very rarely get access to. So I really appreciate the invitation for this. Uh, and you know, oftentimes, uh, uh, Sudipto, we are uh, um, surrounded by uh, audible cacophony. And uh, we are unable to listen to ourselves. So I really, I'm, I'm, I'm more than today learning more from you as being the second fool in this conversation. <laughs> I'll also, I think, have fun just uh, spitting out and listening myself. It's good you still are in touch with the rhythm of your <coughs> voice, your soul. Given your schedule, is quite crazy, man. How has it been so difficult to catch you? Kya ho I mean, it's so crazy, you know. I so um, so last actually. You, you've been in India now, what, like a month now? Two months? Oh, no, no it's now? it's. Be, I came in November. Huh. Um, I stayed here, uh, and then you know, I all um, lit fests I did, and then I had to go back to the states. Then I came back, and I came to India to finish up my writing, my research. The second book, third book. Um. My dissertation. Oh, okay. Uh, and so I was, I was doing research, right? So research has been done, but writing has been kind of slow. Mm. So then I thought my idea was, instead of going back to Oxford, I'll just get something somewhere. And I've been like scouting for houses, right? I even thought of Uti. I even thought of Himacha. I mean, I've I've, I've been just thinking so many. It's just comedy that that uh, the thinking is so profound mm. that the action seems worthless. So I'm just not like doing nothing. And so, but the good thing happened was I spent um, many, many visits to my mom. It's never happened in the last 13 years. Mm. Uh, every time I left, which is six, seven times, I think so far, I told her I might not return. And then I came and she's happy and, and and so then I spent one month in Nepal. 
I spent some time with the Dalit community there. Amazing experience. And and now, now I think I'm I'm on my way. Next week I'm going to Italy, Venice, uh, and uh, then I'll probably stay there, go to UK because I have this whole. So October month is a academic conference month mm. for uh, community. Like there's conferences like one after another, and 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 it's mostly on the. Uh, uh, western side of the globe i'm also actually the british sociological association is having a day long symposium uh on my work mm-hmm. and i take it as a sincere honor uh, and it's a presidential event wow so i'll present my work and there will be four experts who will respond to my work and then there will be other scholars who will present their work and then i'll have to respond so I am just I am just personally extremely honored and humbled and um I look forward to learning more. Sure that sounds like a very hot seat. Four <laughs> scholars are going to what where your work review your work how? Yes yeah, so so one of them is my supervisor. Mm-hmm. Uh God bless him. Right. But Hyderabad ka kya scene what are you doing here? Yeah, what 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 ism brings you to Hyderabad? <laughs> This show is about isms. Gandhism. Gandhism. Abhi Gandhi mil gaya. It's it just it just so happened that uh, <clears throat> so they have this very prestigious forum in Hyderabad called Manthan Talks, and uh, there were there are two co-founders and both are CA, and one is Mr. Ajay Gandhi and the other is uh, Mr. Vikram, and uh, Ajay followed up with me in 2020 to say hey do you want to come and I was in states I said hey man you know might, I might come this fall so just keep an eye out for calendar, and he did, but. as you know 2020 fall was covid and so <clears throat> he said hey um though we can do can you do online you would like you not in, invite you for some their event they do on gandhi jayanti and i had not i stopped doing online events and so it just so happened kaki madhav sir one of the mm. decorated uh, bureaucrats uh, i just reviewed his book yesterday in your for at your former employer uh when hindustan times me likha he wrote his memoir so he just was like talking he's on the board and then he's like as a monthane and i'm he said yeah i said they had invited me he said can you forward that and so they had second so ajay gandhi sadly passed away mm. about uh, a, two years ago so they invited me gave me the honor of delivering the ajay gandhi memorial lecture so i came and I, I delivered the talk on wokeness of caste. Ha! Huh, what was that about? And the culture of untouchability. I saw a lot of conversation around that. What? 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 What nerves did you trigger? I mean, you know, it's it's just so happened because you know, I, it it went through like, um, I was in twenty um, fifteen. Uh, I went to Harvard, right? And twenty sixteen, I was surrounded by friends, and you know, uh, these were Dalit friends, and this was my uh introduction to self critical politics of some sorts you know like you don't really you don't really get to uh, peer through this and so so i thought about it and I, and i thought like how does one really get engulfed into righteousness and the signaling of certain virtues and having a um a privilege of claiming certain um, uh, values as yours and certain as demeaning someone else's you know so there's there's always this hierarchy of ethical self and so i just thought about it i've been writing about it and um, not writing about it think about it and but i'd written it and so so anyway they invited me and they gave me an option uh <clears throat> so they asked me to speak on kabir mm. which is part of my i'm thinking of kabir as a um 
timelessness but also his universal appeal through dalit consciousness because he is one of the representatives of the dalit community and think about it but then i said you know i said yes and then two days later i said can i just do this and they were like fine and so i i, I gave a talk right and 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 they were uh people and i got a feedback where many of them were of a certain age <clears throat> and their certain age means uh they said students mostly uh students mostly or no so, so yeah so their audience fixed audience is is a per, you know a probably um uh respectable people of the community here in hyderabad right and so they were there it was also maybe a lecture but students had like taken over the balconies uh, uh, yes uh, it, and it was actually open and so they were like this big rocks and they had just occupied the place and so and so i was just saying and so the feedback i got was i understood 50% of what he said <laughs> now for an academic ego that's great <laughs> but also then i was like you know um people of certain age couldn't really because i was talking about a woke culture i was talking about how internet deciphers what it means to be and there's a section i was woke once so it kind of goes into how i um was riding high on the tide of wokeness and how you know it came it came almost homecoming of the roost uh to borrow from our dear inspiration malcolm x to really think about <clears throat> how 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 are we evolving in our thinking in our ideology and you know so so for me it was my experience to say that you know i've been vulnerable i've been stupid i've been foolish i have been maturing i've been gaining some wisdom i'm trying to multiply wisdom as much as i can and i'm trying to learn and you know it it takes experience so so i just put myself up but then the comment i got was from people who were about certain age i don't want to mention the age but you know what i mean like mm-hmm. a grandparent age yeah and then but they were also people of that similar age who were sitting in the front and they were like aunties it was like oh man that was one of the best i literally talked to about so uh, how did you how did you break down wokeness the problems i mean obviously you problematized it uh, so how did you break it down for that so, generation uh, so so you know, and how do you break it down now of course i'm assuming there'll be a lot of young people listening to this show if they aren't then i think we're not making a difference uh, so how do you break it down for them what's the problem with wokeness so that's the first ism let's get into that oh that's interesting actually you know it's 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 beautiful and and thank you for that plug um, i i i think uh, sudeep though what i um, essentially did was a trying to find my meaning of wokeness see because mm. what happened is the extremities of any sorts is dangerous and the edges that we create around ideologies is is much more sharp you just kind of self cut yourself you know do, do whatever kind of harm so for example um uh the cancel culture or, or the so so the, there are new cultures right and mm-hmm. and and woke is a culture that has been taking stuff so so there is whole idea of woke as opposed to work culture you know but the term goes back to african american assertion right the term woke are you woke are you awake <laughs> isn't that where it comes from how do you think it has got do you think it's got bastardized over the time over time i mean time? it it got neoliberalized you know mm-hmm. and and what we do is when uh, uh, the capital has its own threshold mm-hmm. and when it's trying to win its influence it creates its own surrogates in a form of culture and uh, and 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 social prognosis that we have now, culture, break it down break it down break it down now, now culture what? for example let's hmm. let's let's assume right like you're an i culture right like we have certain culture we live in slums we we hang out and that culture is berated is criminalized uh, it's prostituted um it's it's violence vigilance uh, but also there is something more 
peculiar about it there is originality there is creativity there is resistance there is a form of love that uh, one can only breathe uh, that sense of love when you are willing to open up your confined lungs of various forms right and and you 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 need to have that uh, respiratorial adaptation to this and and so for our culture now imagine this is something and then you know people try to write about it people try to celebrate about it it's like you know what if a cop is coming like which still does i was in nandir just last week and the cop comes knocking at our gali ka and is like the siren and everybody goes away right and um this is not seen elsewhere and this is most likely in our areas and of course they are doing for the good but what you do is then you create a new kind of habit of resistance and you know people are always um um stereotyping about culture about uh, because if it's if it's if it's appealing to the hormones then what it does is it creates a form of anarchic response and not in a bad sense though it it creates a rebellion and so what what we what we definitely see culture here is just then you know you you twist and turn and then you implement your own logic what you mean by yourself you don't read yourself by reading newspaper you don't read yourself by looking at films you don't read yourself by attending some co- i mean you say you know what i'll i'll be the singer of my miseries mm-hmm. and let me be the painter of my own murals that i will draw that i want to cast on society that i want to think about it and then eventually this culture what it does is it becomes so acceptable that people would like to mimic it people would like to you know what i want to be like that okay and in new liberal culture what that has done is it has added an essence of marketizing not for a promotion of values but to exploit what is out there and that what you have out there is many forms so so the cultural logic in this sense in a new liberal market has become a sense that uh people are mimicking people are adapting but also what they are doing is they are rejecting the originality of it i mean they might accept you they might accept me but they might not accept my dalitness they might not accept my isms of whatever i follow right they are like suraj you are cool suraj you are cool but why do you have to bring always this why do you have to you know i mean you speak so nice you speak posh english you're polished and you know you write so well and everything and everything and let's be friends on that part man like why do you need to um put that on my face as if I, you know so so neoliberalization of a culture in this sense has just in this case woke culture in this case in this case we can add so so what we have done is the woke idea mm-hmm. that has become marketed and in 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 and ushering through the capitalist enterprise that we have it is then to create much more multipolar identities that one can never negotiate like it will be something of the other sense where inequality is going to take precedence especially when in yeah tell me no i was just wondering if 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 this you know this individualization of politics this mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know uh mm-hmm. the self right indulgent uh i am therefore i am yeah 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 i think therefore i am and in this case i am therefore i am and yeah. my wokeness derives from like you said there it's not informed by the news it's not informed by scholarship it's not informed by references which are which are out there which are existing structures let's even say it is all self derived and therefore lacks what uh, holding power it has it 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 lacks a certain texture what do you think i think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good point i mean um 
See, what has happened is, erstwhile that you thought victimization brought to you was a certain sense of displacement. Now victimization is giving you an agency because the oppressed have reason. Now, unfortunately, when oppressed have reason, uh, the market forces are interacting in such a way uh, that the rising has to be compartmentalized in certain way. It has to have a stamp of certain uh, ideology, politics, shop, uh, enterprise, whatever it is, right? And so many people are then hanging on to that uh, and and saying... There's still a fish in a bowl and the bowl is capitalist. Absolutely. I mean, we cannot uh, um, uh, overlook the insistence of that. And culture has then become, you know, so the culture, what it does is when economic power is, is, progress is decreasing its influence of certain phase, culture then is marketed in a way. And so what we do is then, then as you were saying, the individualized form of, uh, um, of, of thinking. So first of all, what you did was if you had some medical ailment, it was not a publicly accessible thing. Na? Uh, if you have certain, like if you go to a medical report, you will not advertise it. But now you will do that. So, you, so that you can gain a certain legitimacy, a certain voice. Uh, you can, if your mental health and if your physical health is certain things. So other person is basically, so what we are doing is, it's becoming a sympathy as opposed to ingrained empathy. You had a smirk. Because somebody asked me, yeah. and it's very easy for us journalists to do this, right? Somebody asked me, I am not saying this. Right. Somebody asked me if, uh, you know, mental health, um, disablers hmm. are a new form of marginalization. If you consider, mm -hmm. like you were saying, no, like mm -hmm. there is this woke culture, there is this entire conversation around marginality uh, arising out of the person, hmm. you know, and um, there are people who will say that you know I, uh, I'm I'm depressed, I'm anxious, you know, and uh, often that becomes a reason to shut off dialogue. Hmm. This is triggering for me. Have you come across that ever? You know, this is triggering for me. I cannot have this conversation. So, so and the conversation could be cast in this case. It could be relative marginalities. So this this new sociological uh, uh, jargons that have made ways into everyday conversations within the activist and non-activist circle is, is, is a profound achievement of what uh, embracing your own self can do in this case. Like, you know, so, so like triggers, trauma, and all of this. And if you look at the essence of these words, they are very heavy. They are loaded. I mean, you cannot just talk about trauma just by like that. Trauma has a very deep sense of historical evidence to that. You know, but doesn't mean, like, in American culture, they say, I've been traumatized. Now, casually speaking, yeah, I mean, you know, there's somewhere you get traumatized. But also... Traumatization as a process is, 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 is something is, is it cuts through your own skin. The tissues are so uh, visible when you are part of this. Um, and, and, and so, uh, in this sense, um, woke culture is, is not necessarily bad, is, is what I also argue. Uh, because it has really given an agency uh, to the otherwise uh, dislocated populations. And, 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 and many a times, what has happened is, it has become a competitive victimization uh, where um, and, and this is where market force come competition requires you yeah. uh, to be the triumphant one you cannot have many victors 
if there are many victors you don't have the uh one two three four positions that you give in olympics you know you need to have and within the competitive victimization uh, the uh, the the sports of oppression becomes much more like who is more oppressed and you know and so so as you were saying caste and issue and so there was one person in america uh who would uh, who would who would want to have their own position as priority and they would use every form of uh, victimization that applied to them to make a case and you know you are somebody who believes in the dignity of other person and so somebody makes you aware sudeep you have done this wrong what you do is okay let me just back off you'll not just double down on it most often you know and if it concerns that the privileges that you have that other person might not have then you really have to be a silent person and so many times what happens is you just go down the rabbit hole so deep uh, that you just lose out the essence of politics you know and so and and so so it becomes essential how politics is calibrated you lose the essence of politics you go down a rabbit hole in politics uh, particularly in emancipatory politics hmm. you know your professor conal west talks about the prophetic traditions beautiful they talk he talks about compassion right mm. he talks about mm. uh, you know so soul searching questions which concern humanity at large mm. 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 deriving from a from the perspective of the marginalized mm. deriving from the perspective of in that case in that context the african american context mm. you know uh, a, a, a bottom up right. view of the world let's say so in that context in our south asian or indian context you know buddhism right some of these things that you are uh, talking about i mean i i noticed that while you are um not contemptuous but like you are a little uh, tongue in cheek about woke culture mm-hmm. about people who are competing in the game of victimhood but um, buddhism starts with the basic premise which mm-hmm. is dukkha is sad, dukkha is sad, sad. right and uh, that's a very widening mm. thought that's a very inclusive thought that's mm. something that humanizes even our oppressor would you agree i don't know but the reason i'm getting into this is because you're here also for a buddhist cause um something was happening yesterday there was a big meeting <laughs> you were part of it and what happened what is this buddhist initiative i mean you know um Just and while you're answering that i mean i hope you'll answer the material which is what is the meeting about correct as well as let's go back and at some point and look at the spiritual of right right absolutely and how it connects to the political na theek hai um i think you know first thing first kal kya hua usse shuru karte hain uh what i'll do is i'll just take a step back and just kind of offer my slight clarification see uh-huh. i'm looking at the new politics and i'm concerned about 21st century politics and how it is going to look like and i've been investing myself trying to offer some theoretical foundations for our philosophies to merge or 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 maybe there is new rising and stuff so i'm i'm concerned about a a century long project that's what du bois uh, would do that's what people like ambedkar would do and so in those traditions you know when i look at this new uprising uh the more contemptuous part is not just the left wing extremism of wokeness it's also how right has literally plagiarized it without really making any amendments to the methodology of wokeness uh and 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 that has really come to back biting you and then i'm thinking about left and right but there also there are various edges people don't belong to and let's say in this case uh, a group of marginalized communities what kind of 
ideological praxis should they follow? Is it the a template of certain forms? And so I'm I'm just thinking. I mean, you know, what I'm thinking is I'm I'm just uh, pushing these dialogues out and to hoping and and to hope that that we might get something. So so it might provoke it. Might it might sound like throwing shades at someone, and it might sound like um, it's it's just it's just a brisk walk about uh, this 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 topic. Uh, but but I think we should just have a a Socratic dialogue, and and I think that goes back to and where does Buddhism come into that? And, and so so that, I I keep hearing you, and I love this term generally, this Socratic dialogue. It sounds so grand, and right, right. It sounds so, uh, let's say, you know, it sounds like a circle of people sitting and discussing cutting edge ideas. And how does Buddhism? I mean, Buddhism is the contemporary contemporaneity of that, you know, thoughts, you know, and. Um, you know, I was yesterday at this uh, Buddhist Fraternity Council yeah. where we are organizing yeah. this uh, 2,200 kilometers of uh, Yatra. We call Dhamma Yatra, Ashok Ambedkar Dhamma Yatra. So what we are doing is we are trying to reclaim our past. The SC, ST, OBC population, the Dalit, Adivasi, Shudras, erstwhile, they, had their own, they have their own culture. They still exist. But, you know, in the uh, updates of last 120, 30 years, somehow that has been replaced with a common identitarian framework which is capital H has to be Hindu and that Hindu is then again very porous it's not conflicted it's 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 not it's not not conflicted it's 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 everyday uh, dynamics that work here so what we uh, thought was you know Ashoka see Buddha's enlightenment really gave people a reason to come out of the miseries and the way he did was profoundly humbling himself and dhamma teaches you dhamma is not religion dhamma is the law of nature and when you recognize the law of nature you need to be in harmony with it or else nature will react against it now capital uh, uh, intensive climate change debates that we have are in a way going back to the same question and um, buddha himself was so much Know, lived in forests and you know looked around life and flora and fauna was part of his thing and so it's it's really a part of you're part of something that is outside but also, that's also inside so inside and outside and and Buddha went to the deepest deepest trenches of human mind and purified himself with of all the defilements that human beings have and come out as an enlightened being the enlightenment the Buddhahood that Siddhartha Gautama got was for people to recognize the miseries out there, find a solution and liberate themselves. And Buddha was somebody who kept preaching the Dhamma, the experience that he learned when he was there out meditating, but also out there talking and, and investing um, his energies and time with people. He was somebody who really wanted to realize that even the kalapas, the subatomic particles, are also under your control. You need to develop that sense of concentration. You need to, and for for you to do that, the nexus of compassion, karuna, mm. and maitri, maitri metta friendship fraternity, has to be part of you, or else you can't clean yourself. So imagine how profound this is. If I have to clean myself I need to extend the root of compassion and the compassion starts with yourself you need to develop compassion for yourself and once you develop that you develop those vibrations that you give to other people you share 
and buddhism is all about uh, whatever you gain the dhamma asks you to share because more you share the more you gain and within that uh, you you develop an an, an vision uh, a vision where you need to have self control and self control is a premise of everything here they are calling morality or shila five shila panch shila that five shila is basically um a law of every society i mean every penal provisions prohibit that buddha just made that a priority for you to do to survive in this world you don't have to violate those five shilas that that buddha has given not to commit adultery and not to drink intoxication and not to lie not to take what is not given a very simple form of life and then you tend to practice it so the dhamma that buddha gave was for us to keep on practicing and you know word practice is so beautiful because practicing is trying to improve it's not trying to say that i'm going to go um, and 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 undermine myself today by just doing something no practice something you do practice you do practice you do keep on practicing and and you know you want to you want to you want to get to the level of perfect human being the most perfect human being. and and buddha through his self effort when attain enlightenment gain that insight and then spread out to the world and ashoka see after buddha's rising during buddha's time there were life attempts on buddha the most compassionate person is receiving life attempts you can imagine how violent the forces must be and these were brahmins the brahminic assault was 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 rife on buddha and 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 they tried to accuse him and they tried to debase his morality they tried to create all kinds of scandals around him but he didn't you know he was buddha compassion again extends and you know and then he was also strict buddha created vinaya vinaya the rules which are very strict you cannot violate that if you really want to survive as a good human being and if you are part of the monk sangha our buddha has a very very strict direction and if you follow that you are literally going on the path towards self liberation every human being or every living being excuse me who is born is searching for liberation they call liberation different words they call it moksha they call it judgment day they call it janda they call it, they might call it whatever interpretation but liberation is the initiative that you want to take let me pick up on that term liberation as well as a previous one you used which is compassion and for me this is very evocative given where we are mm. we are in hyderabad suraj mm. the site of the third dalit wave mm. people have said that the first wave was ambedkar himself bsp kanchiram mm. the third wave was rohit vemula mm. we are in hyderabad just a few kilometers away from that campus and what i find interesting is in this formation of yours it's been 8 years suraj you oh know? wow it's been 8 years right it seems like yesterday oh, it's been 8 years and in these 8 years i've seen these very people and i find it such a coincidence since you mentioned compassion since you mentioned salvation you know mm. liberation these things i have seen the constituents of this formation this fraternity council that you speak of a bharti prabhu hmm you know who's bharti prabhu the person who wanted to at the peak of the rohit vemla movement join all the student movements in the, the uh, ambedkarite dalit student movements in the country as a federation failed at that point failed for a lot of reasons failed prashant ingole hmm 2016 when we were talking about smriti irani modi what the government did in gujarat under his leadership right. the ambedkar students association in cug 
Central University of Gujarat won the student body elections. Right? Then you have the person out here right now, Sanaki Munna, who's holding a camera, shooting us over here, one of the leaders of the Rohit Vemla struggle Absolutely. in the campus. Donta Prashant, who's not here, but I know in some way he's contributing to this Buddhist Fraternity Council. It's such a, I don't see it as just a coincidence. Mm. I was about to say it's a, such a coincidence, but it's not such a coincidence. There are, there, are, there are a bunch of youngsters who went through the test of fire at that time, suffered a lot of indignities in the course of that struggle. Their careers collapsed, their life collapsed. And now it comes a full circle and they are part of this Buddhist Fraternity Council. And don't you... Don't you find that as something which is almost a, though it's it seems like a normal course you know but uh, do you see a circuit completing over here do you yeah. recognize do you, do you, do you, do you see these individuals now you know it's Man. been nine years eight years for them also and here they are part of the Buddhist movement Man. oh wow I didn't even think about it but also uh, Mondal you are a very important archivist of that era. I mean, you know, your book that is still uh, in process. Can not talk about that? Is, <laughs> the book. Is, 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 is a statement of that, is mm. a new Dalit rising that I talk about in my book, Caste Matters, as well. Um, and, you know, you were there on the field. I mean, it was your uh, interpretation of that that made us, I was in America, uh, aware and literate about what's happening, the kind of exposes you were doing and, you know, the kind of ground reporting and you were the most authentic voice there. And so I think, and I remember in 2018, um, I convened a meeting in Hyderabad, Usmania campus. You were in, you were in Delhi. Uh, Rahul Sonipimple was in Delhi. And then you came to meet me and then we had hosted in Usmania campus. And next day we flew you all down and we had that. Bharti Prabhu also came then. I think Prashant was also here. And we were trying to think about how to create a student movement, a national movement for, for us to... Like an SFI, like an ISA, like an ADVP. Something of that nature. In sabka apna national outfit hai. Our uh, ASA <laughs> people uh, yeah. uh, came and uh, there was a lot of fraternity, but that never went anywhere. But it's obvious because, um, um, you know, it needs more categorization. So now I think, now that you're thinking, I think the Buddhist fraternity council, see the, the Buddhist movement for us, I was yesterday at this... Uh, National uh, Dhamma uh, uh, Yatra Committee meeting. It was it was such an educative experience to sit. I just see I was not feeling well. A two I was just like not gonna spend more time than an hour because I told I just end up spending whole day. The quality of speakers submitting the present. There was one Mr. Fellow uh, Dange who was a forest officer. The way he explained, he's like religion, Dhamma, and Dharma are different things. I was like, that's so profound. And then, you know, he talked about how Baba Sahib Ambedkar, when he saw constitution failing, he was only looking at Dhamma as a way out for our people's liberation. It's not just. And so the people talked about Ashoka's history. I mean, profound. There was one sister from Kerala, Mridula. She interpreted Onam as a Buddhist enterprise. And she talked about how Vamana and, and this whole Mahabali culture where Malayalam language is pregnant with Pali canon. Uh, with, with with about the experiences of how Buddhist expi uh, 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 pilgrimage and that existence. So Ayapan, Ayapan actually, yeah. you know. So 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 this kind of experience, uh, and I think Buddhist Fraternity Council and the movement of doing this yatra, reclaiming an Ashoka 
is our moment of arriving to say we have arrived 2300 years later uh 2200 years later when ashoka samrat was ruling over this land through the principles of dhamma his descendants are now gathering together his descendants have been relegated to an outcast society to the fringes of uh, colonies and, and and neighborhoods but now they know that the memory in them is strong they are the royals they are the ruling class they were somebody who were protecting upholding and carrying forward uh, their own historical legacy so i think uh, with this you know uh, uh, we are meeting and you know there's been a lot of uh, enjoyment around this and six states we are going to go it's going to start from uh, what bharati prabhu calls uh, uh, dhamma bhumi uh, kerala to diksha bhumi nagpur and you know and, and i think that's going to create what we all want is also that alongside ambedkar and buddha our people also start putting uh, ashoka see these are these are our historical you know uh, uh, our ancestors and and our people our see the, one of the things they did the caste system did is to snatch our bloodline from us to snatch our relatives from us and divided them along caste lines which is such a fictitious thing that doesn't even make sense and and many attempts what happened is wherever the goodness of your ancestors existed they corrupted it and called it demonic and so we started hating themselves as well so now it's our time we'll embrace it we'll take it back it's a big cultural move and it's just not south india the next phase is going to cover north india and and i think we should really uh, do as much help as we can back the and these are young folks you know i i i'll just dwell i want you to dwell very very uh, shortly mm-hmm. on this concept of taking back oh yeah <laughs> okay the reason i say this is mm-hmm. taking back re- i mean reowning a culture um the idiom the iconography is one thing it's also about land no mm. so when we are talking about mm. let's even say grant these people that the thing saying that they let's assume there is a temple under the mosque what is under the temple exactly can you quickly dwell upon that without getting us into jail <laughs> <laughs> or also getting you into the crossroads of liberal uh, set narrative that we have liberal to fir bhi jhel lenge unke paas wo chaku churi nahi they have lost it also plot however they not like kill you uh, but the rest of them will kill us so, but but this is about reclaiming the spaces also or is it because i mean buddhist sites are scattered across like you know uh, last time when you were in bangalore we were sitting across with priyank right. kharge and he was talking about sanati i went there yeah man i tell you oh so so here's the thing what <clears throat> i did this time see i've been having this i was sitting abroad and let's say doing meditation or or just reading about india and very strongly the buddhist influence comes across if you read a serious history you will see that and then you will see this return or presented in a way that's not aggressive that's not intimidating it's just like a father holding you with care that kind of that kind and and i was i was hoping for so many years i want to do this i want to do that and so i'm so grateful i have time now i did that so i went to sanati sanati i went to the maharashtra uh, caves a ah. uh, few of them and i saw and i was like you know what this is real history but people are now making it temple or they're trying to um invade the premises and so fortunately sanati i mean so many of the sites are archaeological survey of india Uh, property but what we need to do is we need to do more than that we need to do more than that and so when we say take back we need to take back also the narrative 
we need also take back the story we need also take back the words and the scripts that been written there often times they have manipulated uh, they have uh, created a certain kind of uh, syntactical arrangements to just make it appear now brahmanatva is not a really a derogatory term brahmanatva is very achieved but as you know the brahmins have converted that into just being a, a vagina born brahmin i mean that don't make sense you know you need to achieve that and so um, uh, many sites see bodh gaya for example it's a terrible state of affairs man sabrimala sabrimala i mean not only, i mean see for example this whole uh, debate of ayodhya and that uh, mosque are yaar it's originally saket it's the buddhist vihar it's a site of uh, where uh, uh, buddha would come and preach his dhamma so but and you know what happened high court had ordered alabad high court and scroll ran this piece and i think many hindi newspaper also they were uh, the officers were found sneaking the buddhist statues away from the premise so within so that's why i have strong objection to this singularity of hindu muslimization of india's history politics i'll give you a chance to talk about that yes. a little later in yes, in yes. this discussion that's actually uh, to get there let's start with uh, bite size pieces right okay okay now i mean some of this buddhist territory we have covered but you know uh, it is it is not inseparable from ambedkarism right buddhism mm-hmm. and ambedkarism or is it not and this is a fraught question the reason i ask you this right, is right. because i don't know if you are one of them but there there are there are opinions out there saying if you are not buddhist mm-hmm. you cannot be ambedkar right see yesterday so I so therefore mm-hmm. i mean yeah, I, go, go, yeah. Go, go, yeah. so i i just want you like you know uh, i i started off saying this is a fool's guide to ideology mai gada hai tum mere ko batao what is ambedkarism for a fool you know actually i i wrote about 10 columns in uh, lok satta marathi Uh, and the column title was ambedkar vad ambedkarism and i've been i've been investing some time and i wrote like a two uh, segments on it like i was thinking about it and you know it's always evolving see because the capaciousness of our existence is so profound that the more uh, definitional uh, support you offer to us ambedkarism as an ism expands now there is also difficulty when you make ism of anything it it confines itself and so so as i said yesterday uh, mr dangi offering this clarification of uh, dhamma religion and dharma uh, in in that sense uh, the arguments that are out there about what is ambedkarism and i've been thinking about it and i've think about is, is it a political ideology is it a social uh, uh, politics um, is it is it a cultural uh, dualities that we operate in as is to brahmanism buddhism um is it spiritual ex, uh, 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 extempore that that we have offered so i mean you know it's it's such a vast you know why mm. because our life is aligned with that person's investment in ourselves ambedkar had invested himself in our life so much that we cannot think of our life without his efforts without acknowledge that's the gratefulness we give to him hey man thank you i mean you know i don't know and and also because we are third generation right after ambedkar right and so in a way um uh, we have two things privileges one privilege is that uh, ambedkar is not yet a distant memory not so distant memory and also we have the privilege of staying little bit 
at distant and observing it where we have the you know i mean ability to critically think and all of that so ambedkarism in this sense is is really a temperament of how one should live a life by not denying the dignity to the other and in the broadest sense that's ambedkar for you ambedkarism for you oh yeah ambedkarism is basically your effort to make the society the way you would like to live in that society social is a very important element to that and ambedkar's uh, ideology uh, matures so much in in so many directions that he makes it available for almost anybody actually that availability for everybody you know when when you try to uh, you talked about limiting the ambedkar uh, ambedkar thought his his ism uh, you know so many applications of ambedkarism are not explored would you agree i mean whether in terms of yeah. see when we you know like uh, uh, in journalism school or even later you know our editors would give us exercises you know analyze this from a right wing frame analyze this from a left wing frame uh, these frameworks you think they are robust enough now can we start talking about ambedkarism in the context of climate change ambedkarism in the context of the rupee absolutely <laughs> the rupee you know ambedkarism in the context of international relations you know so so where where can we you know mm. is, is it is it is it an will that dilute theism is it essentially a, an ism for social emancipation is it an ism which has the potential to shape nations So Ambedkar is credited by the Buddhist world as Bodhisattva which is somebody who uh, has the capacity to attain enlightenment to become a buddha so we have to look at Ambedkar in that sense that's a very sincere acknowledgement of Ambedkar's compassion karuna and Ambedkar's vision in the world is for the most oppressed to not be frightened of his or her existence to not feel that their birth is of no value to anybody else it encourages you to dish out the love memories that you have and spread in the world and if the world is not receiving it you still keep doing it but also it's a strong force of resistance it's not meek it's not uh, uh subservient uh, it's not uh, uh deciphering um unexisting codes of society it's there it's livable the material it's breathable and so ambedkar uh, and is also not committing to the foolishness of ideological weightages he is happy to explore he's happy to be the feather that is that is a, but also is very grounded and the groundedness comes from the traditions of our ancestors ravidas nandnar panditaitithas mahatma yankali kabir these are the these are the kind of icons these are the kind of legends he draws upon he draws upon guru nanak guru gobind singh he he looks about at the at the saintly traditions in central india in south india and and he is profoundly invested and he is also looking at the what adivasi culture uh, does and means to it so somebody 
who is out there exploring like an archaeologist uh, in in different uh, terrains identifying what is the gem that can be utilized for society and then he sees itself and then he says okay you know what i know this is me i am so confident and i'm confident because i've realized the truth so what i'll do is i'll stick by the side of the truth so ambedkar is somebody who never compromises on the merit of truth he doesn't want to submit truth at the cost of anything he would even fight his own people for maintaining the sanctity of truth and what is truth for him truth is honesty in life and conduct and honesty has to have an accountability where is that accountability coming from the accountability is coming from your own actions you have to ask yourself and that's why ambedkar is so chivalrous he's so flamboyant he walks he's a dapper has a full of swagger around him he's not i mean he is challenging the saint of india the most revered soul of india not even challenging he's spitting out at him he's not afraid of so who who has this courage the madness is coming from his actual commitment to the truthful life of dalit he understands the precious pearl called the dalit is being harassed so much that they don't have the carapace to protect so he is like that father who's extending his arms like a blanket upon the people and saying i got you and he does that he does that with whatever available avenues he has and that's why ambedkar's uh, philosophical existence is something that is deeply democratic in practice but also he understands the limitations of democracy so he's happy to explore alternatives of political democracies where he's like i'm happy to consider communism is going to work in the society because i tried parliamentary electoral democracy and seems like the congress is just having its own weight behind that and so ambedkar is is such that that you can play around in any way you want he's like the grandfather and you are like the toddler you don't get tired with your grandfather and you can do anything with your grandfather and grandfather will still extend himself uh, to you but also grandfather is stern he's like you know i've seen son i've seen this so i i'm i'm going to make sure this not this, this is not going to repeat upon you and, and in in that sense uh, ambedkar uh, is is somebody who is espousing the values of what it means to be an indian an indian not just a geographical identity but indian in a cultural identity culture is rooted in history and that's why he invests so much in identifying who were the shudras or who were the untouchables or what is the origin of brahmanism what are the riddles that are existing within the hindu vedic texts and and the upanishads he finds inspiration in kapila who is who is who comes across to him as somebody who is really truthful uh, in his in his own vocation and and in his own identifying the uh, the the realization of enlightenment and so ambedkar is uh, is is not conservative he is not rigid he is not somebody uh, who is uh, unchangeable that very flexibility in him yet remain firmly attached to the love for his people makes him somebody who cannot surpass an admiration for him you have to acknowledge and this is why ambedkar is now the father of modern india everywhere in the country you go 
Right. Thank you for that, uh, Suraj. Uh, you you kind of said a, said a lot of things over there. You talked about the limitations of democracy, the flexibility of Ambedkar, the fact that he was never rigid, and uh, also uh, somebody we should look to to understand what is truly Indian right. from the perspective of history, from the contemporary understanding of what an Indian is. These are many things I want to get into. But before that, you want to turn the AC on for two. Yeah, minutes. man, come on now. <laughs> Yeah. Ambedkar okay. makes you sweat, sweat. man. Woo. <laughs> okay, let's turn the AC on for a bit. <laughs> Suraj, so you you were talking about uh, these limitations in democracy, mm. this flexibility, this this of Ambedkar of the fact that it is an ideology which takes into account its environment. and does not deal with fixed ideological categories am i wrong in quoting you correct, that, correct, that's correct. what you were saying now given that as uh, a backdrop i mean i want to ask you about some of the current we've talked about some of the more philosophical let's even say esoteric aspects yeah. of of the faith and the and the ism but uh, in real practical terms we are uh, what a couple of months away from uh, the general elections 24 mm-hmm. um there are different formations taking shape uh, i don't want to prompt you top of mind what are the formations that you are interested in disdainful of uh let's start from there and then i'll if you forget something or if i think you've not addressed <laughs> something i'll i'll point them out so let's start with whatever you like the dog whistle but hmm. let me just clean my nose <laughs> <laughs> see indian politics is about cleaning your nose as many times as yeah, you can it's about unclogging the system <laughs> I love that. I just unclog. Na ek minute. Need to clean one more time. So, I mean, hey, will this be recorded? Like this Did it get recorded? Let's have some respect for human function. No, please keep it. We should have respect for bodily fluids process. Yeah. I like it. So, I mean, as as you know, 24 is coming. I've been trying to Uh, organize a national Dalit Roundtable leadership conference mm-hmm. where um, we are uh, across the party. Any parties, I mean, almost any recognizable party leader will be invited. Uh, uh, or if they are not Dalits, we'll ask their Dalit representative to come, and we'll have a Dalit agenda for twenty twenty four. Okay, let me get this straight. So you're saying all parties will send their Dalit leaders yeah. for this thing, and yeah. therefore you will arrive at this Dalit agenda. Correct. and then the idea is the the the, the many of the dalit uh, non dalit leaders uh, will have to have an acceptance to whatever the dalit resolve will be and most often we hope it will be because we want to uh, put a moral and uh, pressure for oh, them acha we we bole to kon so me and i'm also trying to organize with uh, one of my friend pushparaj uh, who is part of uh, samrit bharat foundation So look for other organizations. Mr. K. Raju is there. Tol Tirma Valavalan is there. We have few of them members. You know, we just started. Con- I mean, it's been we try to do it in April, May, and then it's been having it's been we're postponing it. So so that really gestures to, um, you know, I've, I've been talking to leaders from across the political party line, Congress, regional parties, BJP, and so forth, and see especially the Shrill caste leaders. Um, um i you know the obvious uh, experience that i am excited about is what's the prospect of uh, india alliance what's also about nda it sounds like same right the nda india 
uh, but what really is uh, a, uh, a clog in the system uh, is the elephant. Elaborate. <laughs> well, uh, a BSP. And we are thinking about, you know, what, because BSP has not aligned with either. And I think BSP has always have had this politics and it's very mature politics. They don't want to be because, you know, if you become part of India Alliance, what will the stature of Mayawati, you know, who's still hoping to become PM, right? And then uh, within that alliance, will BSP will be, you know, it exists as a separate political party. And so um, Rahul Gandhi is also coming across. I mean, I've, I've followed his America trip closely. I was in Nepal then. But man, he is so human about his, uh, his approach to issues, his approach to the politics. Um, and Are you saying you like him? Yes, I do. I mean, I like his uh, his view. I like his. I mean, he sounds like he's like still like a, our, our our friend. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't sound like a leader of a national political party would have this view. You've had a couple of sit-ins with him, right? No, I've never. No, uh, it doesn't feel like. What do I do? You know, but people I, w- I, said, I, think, I thought you guys had a meeting. No, never. No. I mean, you know, his uh, people around him would want me to. You know, they tried, and I, I'm just not like you know um, until he invites with something concrete and I'll, and personally I'll have two issues to discuss one is uh, academic because he is somebody you know who's crossroads at the Harvard campus um, you also, have a role in that? And, uh, no I mean <laughs> 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 I was, <laughs> Harvard I was wondering if you had a role in that I was wondering if you had a role in that I mean about 20 years apart but you know um, <laughs> and uh, and you know his concerns of certain issues of international importance you know i mean he's keeping dalit to his clothes and you know uh, but also we have to credit his uh, advisors uh, who belong to the dalit community and who that's have, what i've heard i mean there's a there's a fairly strong dalit contingent inside absolutely in his, in RG, circles rg circle yes yeah. they call him rg mm-hmm. uh, and i call him rahul so there's always this and and they and, you know they they are very uh, smart people they have credentials of a immaculate kind of background so they they carry that and you know Rahul is also quite open about it and so um, the the only difficulty Rahul is going to have after BJP is Congress because of the whole internal structure the regional satraps that that work within the feudal caste kind of hierarchical mandate uh, and and see when I was listening to Rahul um, I was also told that he's very Buddhist in his philosophy, he's very Zen. So the second thing, if I will talk to him about, is about the Dhamma. And uh, my friend who works with him told me, man, you go to his place and you'll not see anything else but Buddha. And they've been practitioners of, you know, Dhamma. And, you know, it. it I think it, it, it dates from Nehru's days. Nehru's was also very much uh, admiring. But just that he was a Kashmiri Brahmin, you know, India's independence, he had to put the hat of Brahmin to maintain that because India's caste system still operates. And so so Rahul Gandhi is really a a new life to Congress. And by the very virtue that uh, uh, the giant Malikarjun Kharge is at the helm, uh, the parties at the helm, and, and you know, we know that this is going to uh, resurface eloquently. And there's also, if India Alliance becomes a success, Malikarjun Kharge is the Prime Minister. There's no way. And it will be great to see him 
and pretty sure rahul gandhi is somebody uh, who really is that a demand or a wish both i think i think it's 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 obvious you see it you see do you see it turning into a demand do you think the dalit voice today has that ability to turn this thing of malikarjun kharge for pm because here to in a you know the alliances sounding a lot like the janta party no and i was just going to say yeah. it's not like the devagoda mm. uh, you know uh, uh, pm kind of pose position uh, because we're seeing so many yeah yeah no i agree i agree i mean <clears throat> um see for the very fact that malikarjun kharge has been a very efficient administrator uh i mean you know i was i was in gulbarga recently uh, and uh, <coughs> the people there his his gadth his his gadth and you know i mean yeah. i mean you know he has a background of ambedkarite politics strong ambedkarite politics he was a member of rpi and he started from there right so uh, uh mr kharge uh, i mean i i profiled him in dalitality and I, and i wrote as to why his ascent to congress leadership is uh, is is meaningful in many ways Uh, because congress party without with with its limitations of it being class caste and politics you know uh, this new wave is what we should paying should be paying attention to uh, you know there is a very uh, liberal i don't i don't want to use the word liberal the a very human leader uh, rahul uh, and then a very charismatic dominating voice with a strong force A strong moral force malikarjun not even moral i mean he is <coughs> malikarjun kharge can probably uh, get into a boxing ring and you know i mean he's ready to do that right i mean he comes across like you know when he's on the opposition side and you can see so that fire in him is and that's the kind of fire we need to get uh, rid of the nastiness that has been spread across for the past uh, 10 odd years and so 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 there is that hope but also you know we need to pay attention to how regional political parties Yeah, uh, talk about the South, no, if you can. I mean, when when for us in the news minute, right? You know, uh, we look at this map a little inversely. Correct. We should. Yeah. yeah. Um, so tell me about some South Indian leaders that that you're impressed with. I mean, I think um, you know, I, these are friends, uh, or some of them are I, I know. Tol Tirma Valavalan. You know, I spent two days with him. He still. I just met him today morning. He was in Hyderabad, and um, <clears throat> I was traveling with him and. he still says you just spent one day but i spent two days and i was just i was just tired and you know uh famished at some point you know he has that appeal he is a really a dt to his carvers and the tamilian uh, dalits and backward caste look up to him uh, rs pravin my friend here in telangana and he has he has very strong prospect i also met him the other day we had a dinner at his home and uh, see uh, these are see the, the dalit leaders i met and i'm tell you sudip to across india they are so intelligent people i mean this is a shame that no political party pays attention to the acumen they have everybody that i have met so far and you can call opposition on every even spend time with ramdas atawle uh, a few days and you know hang out i mean these are profoundly intelligent people they are literary mavericks uh, if they are not literary people they are engineers and they are, they are just doing great in their the business they, they are, but at the end of the day they are highly educated uh, and 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 i don't want to add the premium of degree educated what i mean by educated is not just academic de- educated but they are they are also culturally educated they are very suave which, so which, which is why if you allow me to interject over yeah. here you know in, since you bring up atol dharma valavan you know i must, must also uh, you know kind of flag the 
the pain points no i won't mm. use a word as big as misgivings in the dalit community but there are some pain points about how a, a revolutionary radical party uh, like the vck today is tethered to the dmk to a certain brand of politics which how do i put it on the ground you can give a series of examples to 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 establish that these two politics are actually at a collision path that and i don't know this is this is something i'm throwing up to you mm-hmm. like dravidian politics and the dalit led anti caste assertion are honestly uh, at a at a at a conflict path uh, how do you and 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 because he's in alliance with the dmk and because this is the nature of dalit politics unfortunately across the country so when you talk about pragmatism you know how much of a rollback is involved in that pragmatism a rollback of that radical agenda right so atol tirma balavan in a state which is avowedly anti caste because it's supposedly dravidian nationalist mm-hmm. and all of that but also a state where you have you atrocities against dalits that only is comparable with a up or a bihar mm. right in a state where there is somebody who's talking about the dravidian model of economics not talking about the fact that your model of economics whatever it, it may involve you know giving they, they, there was a yeah. huge debate about freebies versus welfare and all that and, and and that debate had a third element to it which is that whether it is freebies or welfare the money for that thing is coming from scst supplan the special component funds right and a lot of dravidian economics is about redirecting then can we therefore say that a lot of dravidian politics welfare measures are about redirecting funds meant for scsts towards general purposes so economically socially law and order dalit assertion how it has been treated in tamil nadu and then you see a essentially dalit party involved in an alliance there how many compromises what happens you know it's very interesting model before i was uh, appreciative i mean i still i am with the dravidian model um just because you know it's a tradition of kamraj and you know, they trying to draw upon and you know karunani they had his own fair share and also the dravidian is just not dmk it's also admk right and you know although they veer through different directions now but this time i spent about two weeks you know i was in i was i went at the invitation of the milnadu government to give a lecture on ambedkar's and periyar state socialism and i talked about it and then i had an audience with uh, mr veeramani dr veeramani from dk yeah a very lovely you know said man 92 93 something and grand old man of really and and you know Ravidian. you can see the sharpness of see that's what ideological uh, commitment does to you <clears throat> you don't get old you just become and you know he was very cute he was showing his mark books he brought cast matters to show that hey listen man i read and he wanted to show look the things i marked and wherever i've written brahmin and all he had like question marks and not wherever but there were certain portions as we had discussion and then you know i met some ministers there and <clears throat> i interacted with dalit community and this time i really realized i mean you know the feudal nature of uh, uh, the caste still operates i mean i had this i mean me and tiruma were in car uh, we were going somewhere like long drive right i mean and i asked him this question what happened with uh, uh, you stalin and all and you know he was t- he was telling i mean you know not only him but his party card the first question ask him like what ha- what happened why you why you have nobbing with dmk and you know hey it's it's a practical pragmatic you know they need they need to be having but also they see in some way uh, not tiruma per se but his cadres suffocating 
because you know it's a very very dynamic party i mean it's 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 surrounded i mean tiruma is still kicking in and you know his 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 youth leaders are also very profound i mean they are very mid karate i mean I w- he took me to one uh event and you know he had difficulty getting in because there were some people and anyway and the intellectuals had had, had want to do something on ambedkar like they want to publish ambedkar selected writings and bck want to participate in a, and tiruma a party leader is going there to raise funds i mean how humbling that experience is he's telling you know and he and he tells me he tells people and the translator translated that he's saying we want you to give money contribute the money that you got because of dr ambedkar's reservation you know so and then and then i i spent time with ranjit and you know few people and i was just trying to learn and this time i you know Man. Ranjit is quite sharp huh? about his criticism of the yeah, DMK. Yeah, he is. I mean, you know, he particularly w- the DMK criticism is quite he sharp. Was, he yeah. was first of all, he was like, "Why are you going there?" you know. I was like, <laughs> "Man." So I think he was a little mad at me for for for, you know, uh and and uh, but also, you know, he's busy in his film and whatever. And and he told me like he's he's withdrawn himself very much from meeting people. Like he's just not having uh, any, you know, int- not like energy or some sort. He's just doing some things and and then i kind of say maybe we need to do this we need to do that. like same things people tell me i i also told him we need to stay focused and do this and he's like yeah, yeah i'm doing and i was literally seeing myself in him when he's saying that like you know people expect you to do things and you are like yes i am also doing that but you just need to confirm reaffirm so 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 the dmk in many sense is not allowing a dalit uh, political question to become central is what i've realized and i've also i've also seen this some kind of anxiety over the dalit mandate um and i spent two weeks only but i spent like i spent f- 15 days not in one place 15 days 15 different places interacting with people interacting with different political parties um and you know i think dmk can only win if it will have a sustained dalit leadership at its uh, peak um if if but it it, it has now turned into a Uh, another inheritance uh, third generation political leadership has been created and i think one can say how oh, it's been the canard of indian politics you know this is what we expect but i think uh, the terrain of politics has to be changed and especially periyar the giant man i mean periyar is really really profound really sharp and i think there's no way we can think and so uh, mr dr veerumani told me like you know they are building a bill statue of periyar and all and i was like, how good at that but you should know uh the statues of periyar outside maharashtra uh, tamil nadu were built by bsp yeah is that right i mean kanchiram huh. is singularly responsible to make periyar a household name in the hindi heartland not only hindi marathi north indian heartland central and above so in his office in bamsef uh, there's still a photo if you just look up um there's a chair of bamsef president and there's only one photo up periyar so the north indians would come and say who is this dadiwala you know they would think of this like you know dadiwala is a sense of somebody bearded for south indian tagore kya some some saint or something and he would say hey, he is and you know the way right. he is introduced yeah so that's the content and and I asked him dr veeramani sir what do you think and he's like kanchiram really did you know he invited us also and you know they they inaugurated statues in the uh, the sthal where mayavati built the grand statues periyar is having a rightful place i know about periyar like way before but the ultra nationalist politics of this uh, uh feudal castes see i'll tell you every feudal caste has investment in its local politics only 
because they don't have stature beyond that. Gounders, for example, Vanyars, Tevars. Now these population groups, um, it's happy for them to be nationalist about Tamilian identity. And Tiruma told me, I mean, I was arguing with him. He told me every Dalit political uh, uh, party should have its own linguistic nationalism, and they should be leaders of that. And I can see a merit in what he's trying to say because this is our language, this is our country, this is our region, this is our ethnic kind of identity. But then what? Uh, I mean, I agree with that also. Um, and and but the uh, the the deliberate uh, uh, obfuscation of your national appeal misses out somewhere. Gounder will not have allies even in a neighboring state, Karnataka, where where there's a community. To which they are supposedly tied by kinship called Gauda. There is no extent to that. You can see with every, every feudal caste in, in Maharashtra, the Marathas um, who, who still cannot ally with the Reddies here or Kammas or Kappus here. You know, this is because for them, their existence is very feudal and a very regionalistic in it and it's very jingoistic. But for Dalits, it's not the case. You make an appeal from the edges of Kanyakumari and a Punjabi Dalit will rise. Uh, in 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 support of you, right? What happened with Rohit Vemula, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is the example. So we cannot afford to limit and confine ourselves. And I think now many of this. So, so we have to make differences. So, so I agree. We need to have an equal stake. And so, I think the DK parties, the the Dravidian parties, need to have a scheduled cast, Ambedkarite, Periyarist leader, who is invested in the commitment of what the welfare policies of Kamaraj has been doing. What Justice Party in its times were doing uh, way before it came to limelight and pre-independence era kind of... Uh, is A. Raja that guy? They will not allow him. See, the point is uh, A. Raja was victimized, right? And hey, wait a second. We have to take this again. Is it D. Raja or A. Raja? A. Raja. A. Raja. Okay, we'll do it in a little production. Naveen, I hope you'll yeah, he, yeah. he said this. Okay. No, so, uh, A. Raja is basically... Uh, they will not allow him, man. See, the very reason the entire anti-UPA was pinned on one Dalit man. Mm. So you can imagine. And Corona Nidhi gave statement that he's a Dalit and you know, but but it didn't really dissolve DMK. It isn't really, when I, when I say dissolve, it's not in a party, but dissolve as their morale or you know, it's attacking a party and all. And still, A. Raja has that leadership and all. But they need to do more. They need to cultivate cadres of it. Now, be after Corona Nidhi, we have Stalin. After Stalin, we have Uday Nidhi. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, I, mean, I find him like interesting fellow, almost our age and, you know, uh, quite charismatic. So there's nothing like personal against him, right? Uh, but the political eco chamber, that's the way we uh, work around. Uh, so what they need to do is, I think the, also AIDMK parties and, and the alliances, they need to cultivate their own Dalit leaders. Um, but Tamil Nadu itself is such a profound movement, pregnant with Ambedkarite politics. I was just—I I met the brother of Puve Murdiar. I was to learn Puve Murdiar is basically the firebrand Malcolm X of Tamil Nadu, but with a strong Ambedkarite zeal. The way I mean, he is—he is. He is Panther. He's a champion of his people. And he comes from the background of... And so this all... I spoke to these people. Actually, Bharati Prabhu was the one who... I mean, I had seen Puvi Murtiar, but I did not know that that was his name. 
so and these and, and I met his brother who is an MLA who runs his political party and I happened to go to their conventions because the same hotel I was staying they had their conventions I just attended very humble people so there are so many Dalit political parties there are so many shares it's not just VCK there are so many other political parties there's also BSP active and you know various kinds of so we should not expect unification of Dalits <coughs> why because the diversity is such that uh, it's 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 not gonna but VCK has managed to galvanize that you know they have party base across subcast and so it just happened uh, in my Tamil edition of Cast Matters there are various people and I don't know the cast because I just don't know uh, you know <laughs> so so some caterer just commented something and Tiruma um, didn't want to even talk about it he was a shop subcast he was just repulsive He's like, you know, I don't even talk about it. Just ask him. He's just saying that, you know. So, so this is something you and I also will be like, yeah, why do you want to even do this? Like, you know, we are trying to create an alliance. And so we can see this, uh, uh, this, this value addition. At Karnataka, for example, you know, uh, I was with uh, when Priyank, you and I went. And uh, Priyank was, again, you know, I mean, you know, him and I have been in touch for some time. And but this time we've reconnected and trying to see um Buddhist to his own philosophy and ideology trying to you know and the credentials that they carry and you know uh, and in Telangana um, the the new political eco chamber is going to have voices of a very different kind it's going to be mostly adivasis really mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just definitely it's going to be the um, why why do you say that uh, something you picked up along yes yes i mean see the because I come from Nandir, which is on the border mm. next to Nirmal Adilabad uh, district, and so um, that whole belt is uh, Lambada, Gormati. I mean, these are all the tribal castes. And uh, with the entry of RS Praveen, I'm with Bhojan ideology. There's no way you can go wrong, at least with Bhojan ideology. And uh, Praveen, you know, very committed, and they're focusing on those areas and they're trying to, uh, with whatever. Uh, 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 spaces they could they could gather they, they really would like to do and, and, and I think but the one thing I didn't see much was in Andhra Pradesh mm. I spent there about about a week less and I traveled extensively and I couldn't meet the leaders there I mean the bureaucrats and all are fine fine people gentlemanly and very upright and I'm just talking about males I mean there's also female our sisters there and and, and, and I could see that you know I went to the schools of Dalit girls, Shirl caste girls, and there's, there's, there's much more. But we, we don't hear Andhra Dalit leader, right? I mean, it's, it's totally. I mean, we don't even know. Like, is there any Dalit face of Andhra Pradesh in this time? I'm uneducated, but maybe there are. But I'm, I'm just like, we need more of that. And so I was, I, I went with the resolve that at least we should caterize and think about some political leader in another uh, coming five years, somebody whom we can. Speaking of, I mean, speaking of those coming five years, just and this one, I hope you'll spend like a little bit of time, not too much, mm-hmm. like a sh- like a short block of time to kind of look at some of these uh, leaders and where they might be in the next five years. We know where they've gone in the last five years. I'm speaking of people such as uh, Prakash Ambedkar, yeah, Jignesh Mevani, uh, and uh, you have uh, Chandrasekhar Azad, who's no longer Ravan, by the way. 
um and his party is doing uh, whatever it can to really create a space now that's the hope like you know the 2019 assembly and as well as parliamentary was something of a disappointment for everybody but he is the force that can really do magic and i've heard that uh, vba is also active in other parts of his uh, party other parts of india and you know he has natural appeal he's a very i've i've i see him as a rational man i mean he's not like reactionary he's not like i want to ride the wave of whatever sentiment that comes you know i've i've seen him he's quite measured he's quite balanced he's quite um and he's quite um mm, it's interesting you say that can i yeah. i i i won't refer strongly with it but when you say that he is a measured man who you know looks at things in the long term uh, since rohit vemula he has had many experiments he went with the left then he went somewhere else now he is with uh, the shiv sena in this alliance which is very interesting i mean i'm not uh, completely dismissing the anti caste potential of an alliance with the shiv sena because there are people who started invoking prabodhan kar thakre nahi kya wo it's a kya hindutva non brahmin movement aisa kuch hai kya yeah yeah without janva without the janu janu ha hindutva is not a janu janu hindutva aisa sabhi hai to usme abhi ek aur type ka how do i put it some tempering has happened wherein they are not that kind of feral frothing in the mouth hindutva bolte kya hai matlab where do we see this going where do you see this going and that that's going to be a difficult conversation for the party spokesperson and even mr prakash ambedkar to have you know when they will have interaction with you think you do you see it as a dalit bahujan alliance the bahujan in this case being no no shusena is not i mean in a way shusena is a, a shudra backward caste kind of base you know but uh, shinde has taken much of the layer of the maratha and allied caste kind of combination so it will be interesting like you know shusena is alone and there's also maratha seva sang uh, the the founder is a uh, also friend is a is a senior guy mr purushottam kedekar asked him like what's up like why are you and he's like you know I will do anything against BJP, uh, and you know, and and so they went, you know, so the Maratha they were against Shiv Sena, right? And 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 now, because they see this Shiv Sena as as new, and almost everybody because they are anti BJP, and anti uh, Hindu Twaf sorts. So they, you know, so this is this kind of this is a pragmatic national uh, natural alliance, and Shiv Sena has a core base, that one cannot deny in Maharashtra, and and so if if BJP joins hands. it can really strengthen but also we have to be uh, practical about this alliance i mean what's kind of damage is going to make uh, to the dalit vote bank uh, will it really sustain with uh, 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 prakash ambedkar or or is it now tired of you know his experiments with as 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 you are mentioning the different kinds you know jignesh for in for that example <clears throat> jignesh has a, a great potential uh, he is a some eyed boy i don't know if it's blue <laughs> or whatever color of of rahul gandhi yeah. rahul trusts him and uh, um he is a very genuine guy in his heart uh um and he is uh he's somebody who does politics 
uh, who is not doing uh, the uh, dirtiness of politics you know he you know and and that simply means he's just an activist doing politics for the sake of doing politics and that's that's you know i think since since we come to jignesh mewani i mean i don't know how much uh, uh, respect he evoked when he first went to the congress or let's say even when he first hmm. you know said ha na, lal salam neel salam ek hai and all that he ruffled a lot of feathers yeah. at that point ne kya fir you know uh, this thing of contesting from a congress vacated seat but i think a lot of that uh, in what i sense with with how people have reacted to the latest election victory he is one at a time when the party has literally got washed out in gujarat so his second uh, victory you know has kind of got him a lot of respect and uh, i don't know uh, jignesh mumani 24 may what i mean he's playing state level politics right now but you say he's close to rahul gandhi some eyed boy do you see him as an important figure in the congress scheme of things so he told me he wants to he wants to contest parliamentary yes, uh, um, and I, i don't know where from he will do that but he will be a great candidate and you know uh, and i think jignesh should uh, should be in center um, because his appeal is national hmm. he speaks also you know not that is with with all the appreciation he's also got the flag of assam police he has to visit every literally 2 3 weeks and then you see his uh, updates and he has to keep you know harassing him and all of that and so he's also undergoing that and so uh, uh, you know a, um, a position of mla can be friendly is what uh, jignesh has proved with his uh, position a, a, a politician can be somebody who can be your guy who cannot be inaccessible so you you seen him doing that you yeah. yeah i mean he came to nanded we gave him this lr bali national award and the way he was interacting with people the people there were like you know will support him like they were literally like that and these are hardcore uh vba supporters these are hardcore people I mean, some of them you know of course different political linings but they were like you know he, he they were like you know he asked for some project and we'll happy to support it so so that's the kind of because they didn't see him that air and he's still young and you know we need that and and so jignesh's uh, fault line uh, uh that might be exposed down the line is that <clears throat> he might be too heavy for a congresses otherwise other camp that doesn't appreciate i mean you know i don't know if the six or seven gujarat working presidents have even sat together and had a broken bread together and eaten something so broken bread will become full radical gujarat mein to i mean it, i think he will he will lose his schedule <laughs> caste status <laughs> so 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 you know so so that is also there and you know <clears throat> there's human about it and so is chandrashekar you know chandrashekar is again uh, see you know see the difference between uh, the second third generation as opposed to the first generation is that the second third generation are much more confident they know that you know we are going to sustain we're going to do something and they also have experience of it they've not they've they've not not tasted power they have been in the cars that had a siren they have been in the cars that had a petrol uh, they've been in places where uh, cops were uh, uh, escorting you or you didn't have to stand in the big lines at the airport you just had to go so that's one but there's also chandrashekar jignesh and many others right um, they they have this uh, chandrashekar is another like you know like a friend you can hang out with and, and but still is like a leader with appeal and doesn't rub well with obviously bsp and other 
little political party like core cadre base of north india he's also trying to make his his influence uh, he has appeal among the youth now mayavati what she is doing is i mean i, I was reading an article actually by one shamla layadwa at indian express he he was comparing he's like mayavati has put her nephew in the ring because also partly there is influence of chandrashekhar azad he's a youth appeal and so bsp is doing like a youth appeal youth reach out and stuff so i i, I kind of get it not kind of get i get it i get it boss mereko pata hai and i'm also a uh, good friends with akash anand we're trying to talk we discuss and you know once in a while him being a national coordinator of a big political party that's a quite weight for a 32 year old to carry and and we try to see how much as much as we can support and and i've been trying to extend that support to him as to how uh, what he needs and you know if he needs anything and so i'm i'm, I'm at, i at times pester which i very rarely do which i which i almost uh, don't do with uh, any people of certain importance i just do it but i feel responsible because the party's weight is going to go on his shoulders and this is a big party created like my father contributed to this party you know his pf and all of that humko nahi aa saka par party ko gaya so i feel much more responsible for that sapling that grew into tree and now it's growing much more wiser is to take care of it even though i might not sit down with party leader i don't know them which otherwise i meet almost every political party leader if i want to you know what i mean like within the dalit realm uh, you name it and i can tell you but i don't feel the need to meet uh, behanji same way i don't feel the need to meet uh, rahul gandhi uh, is because you know let them do their part and if there is any anything concrete they will invite they'll call if they don't call doesn't mean there's less important work that we are doing you know we have to carry but the mission the caravan that kanjiram saab brought to fruition and and, and i'm now working on the book on kanjiram uh, his selected uh, uh, writings he wrote in english profoundly he was editor of several uh, weeklies so i'm going to uh, and he he clears he clears political vision of dalit community not dalit yes cst obc minority communities converted minorities and so we need that we need that understanding because right now sudip to almost everybody is so confused and confined and kanchiram rises in that era also so kanchiram the way he saying is he probably i am thinking kanchiram might just as well have an answer to the current modi era and and so so let's try to dig into it and so that's the kind of work that's that's happening thank you that's like <coughs> we covered like a lot of <laughs> physical like actually kilometers na kahan gujarat kahan up tirma balavan and all that yeah. uh, speaking of important voices suraj yours is your, an important voice by itself you know uh, you said you you are in talks with multiple political parties today it won't be a stretch to say that in this larger dalit agenda building process suraj engde's name is not just dropped it is considered it is uh, your your what you say is taken seriously um and of course there is this entire uh, romantic attachment no with the mm. with this image of this guy in a daffro with his dapper suits you know right. uh, the prince of hearts and all that uh, but the prince of hearts has broken some hearts of late na you've been saying some things which i mean you talk about karuna you talk about uh, compassion right, right. but some of the things uh, which you said of late you know i have been questioned on those very grounds right and I, this is a segment i want to take like my time right. a little bit on you know because we're going to talk about the question of dalit christians dalit muslims mm. you know an issue on which uh, you know everyone's at 
dagger's end and uh, to kind of keep it finite this discussion right. you know so that it doesn't kind of uh, overflow into other things i'll 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 will you allow me to kind of sure work with you yeah, for in sure. terms of your own article yeah, yeah? so we'll, we'll deal, deal with sections of the article absolutely yeah uh, i'll love that yeah. very rarely apart from the uh, when they teach a class <laughs> where students go uh, you know hermeneutic exercise i love it So um <clears throat> this is an article that appeared in uh the Indian Express yeah uh which is which says caste and conversion another layer among the SCs hmm. okay um so you are arguing here saying that the section 2 of the constitution order in 1950 mm-hmm. uh does not uh you know uh make things religious neutral when it comes to categorizing somebody as a scheduled caste mm-hmm. and uh, straight up i mean you are like uh, saying that many dalits in coastal region mm-hmm. happily gave in to the efforts of the missionaries during colonial times mm-hmm. and the mainland untouchables bowed to the creator in the mosques mm-hmm. they embraced their new religious identity this new found theology also offered them solace thus began a new phase in the clothes of their new identity this new phase this new journey let's dwell on that what what in your what are you trying to say here see what happened is um, when the conversion happened the conversion happened out of something and what was that out it was out of existing religion yes uh, existing theology partly but existing caste for sure i mean that was the aim right i mean and uh, <clears throat> the work that has been happening within the realm of christianity and islam uh, was really attractive for people and it's natural for that you know because it 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 doesn't effort you much uh, where you can benefit uh, for your own uh, self spiritual uh, comforts that you need material comforts that you need and it comes with all of that and and so Uh, that can I stop with that what, what is this material comforts see in and many many senses for example and also in the case of dalit christians uh, and i'm sorry i'm going to yeah, yeah, try, yeah. Going, going to try and interrupt as much no, as no, i can no, if you allow me you, can. you know uh, uh, in the case of dalit christians what are these material comforts so, and what are these spiritually spiritually profound experiences considering that they do not have the same amount of access hmm, hmm. to spiritual infrastructure within right. the church right right we know empirically that the church is a very very caste ridden entity i cannot speak about uh, you know muslim society because i have not studied it properly right right you know but yeah so so you know i mean see so the so the, so the christian example special dalit christian example uh, has to be looked through coastal and then the mainland uh, kind of experiences like for example conversion happened all all through colonial times really was the the time and you know even jyotiro phule during his times there was a lot of many And it, and it was something you did not like uh, as a necessity but you felt you know what i mean you're just tired you just got humiliated you know not just i'm just saying so sujata girla for example in her book and some elephants talks about the this experience of in coastal andhra how christianity came and you know <clears throat> what it meant and you know it didn't come with like this profound extension of this heavenly father figure like i mean you know it came with its own necessity and you know what it did what it it tried to give a quote and quote equal share in certain things like for example education became accessible as a commodity and then <clears throat> many senses like if you were part of a certain community you could have access to land uh 
in 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 a in a in a in a society that 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 disassociates itself uh, from and you're speaking here about dalits i'm talking about dalits and um, dalits in coastal andhra coastal andhra this is sujata gidlas you know but also you know if you look at tamil nadu for example nate roberts has written about it and you know uh, so 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 th- so, th- so there is an evidence that uh, 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 many uh, dalit christians in our times are not first generation uh, many of them are second third generation educated people but the way the promise they expected and anticipated that they will get when they will go to new faith was that they will have uh, um, they will have equality which was really smacked on the face and they didn't had and, and you know we had having separate churches and this whole resolution and stuff cni csi one of the churches that organization that works and so what it did was many people converted to christianity and many in tamil nadu for example tiruma's sister converted to christianity before her death and so many of my uh, tamil nadu friends were like before death somehow that experience of somehow i don't know what what it convinces but maybe the preachers are doing a good job they just they just they just convert and it really means literally in a in a in a statistical census concern it doesn't mean much and and so um the uh, for example in maharashtra many dalit groups who went to christianity they went at the attraction of church and i i'll tell you with what happened in my you know every christmas or those important days they would they would bring out all the western gifts goodies and stuff like that trying to of course lure people into converting and that was a very classic example somehow in, in my gali one or two families got converted to christianity and then they you know i mean nothing changed in their life it's just that they would go to church and they would do so so there is something to do with the spiritual practice of that you know so if there's somebody sick uh they would instead of saying the name of some god that they were worship they would just say isa masiha or whatever the jesus christ and the you know the, the whole tradition of uh preaching and and all of that so so the the changingness the change that occurred change is a very important identity that happens in the community that wants to do something in their life that was offered to christians so you're saying that change as in upward mobility change as in you said there are third second third fourth yeah. generation educated uh but suraj i mean these are these are things which are said of dalit communities as well right yeah and when i say dalit communities i mean here i am saying that they, they you know dalit christian is as much dalit but let's even say go by the definition you know that you have of dalits being either buddhist or hindu yeah, or yeah. sikh mm-hmm. right so yeah, right yeah uh, even there when we talk about uh affirmative action positive discrimination we hear these responses right nahi nahi ye to gaadi mein ghoom raha hai ye to itna pad liya hai itna ye hai you know uh, and specifically in the case of your community which is the mahars for example mm-hmm. right or uh, my community the namashudras mm-hmm. right or the malas or you know the pariyars right these are all communities who are accused not <laughs> just from outside but from inside also right ki tum log to yaar masti kar rahe ho sab kuch leke now the thing is you know very important thing over here is that we do not have data yeah right and uh, in the absence of data the things we say sometimes do you think it betrays our ideology more than facts on the ground no no i mean there is data when the dalit christians i mean their marginalization is well documented in relation to dalits and when we talk about data uh, i mean in relation to hindu or buddhist or sikh dalits oh, like it, that compared to data yeah, yeah there is that and also mm-hmm. do please consider that whatever data they might be 
is not uh, data that can shut anyone up because these are sampling exercises there has been zero survey no census data right you know, we are talking about extrapolated stuff we are talking about thoda sample liya uske upar extrapolate kar liya so when we know that there is no data in this matter you know some of these things that you say is it coming from an ideological standpoint because uh, yeah. you know you you have in the past whether you or you know uh, there are others who you know you can't have control over people who 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 speak in your name let's say right right so, but even that said there are people who will say that uh, you know you cannot be ambedkar only if you are christian to them yeah, yeah. to them and it's such a tragic thing that somebody would say that you know we are sitting here in the telugu land right this is the land that gave us the scst atrocities act hmm. the atrocities act is can be directly connected to a major dalit atrocity which is the karamchedu yeah, massacre yeah. and i don't think any dalit worth their salt needs reminding that the victims of the karamchedu massacre were christians yeah so today we have an act hmm. which has become like a torch right. you know in the hands uh, of of uh, caste oppressed uh, formerly untouchable people hmm. and it derived from a sub body of those people who happen right. to be christian right right and there is an attempt over here to say that christianity never had a radical anti caste potential if you ask a kati padmarao hmm. kati padmarao is a very you were speaking of andhra and how there are no great leaders right, there right, but right. at one point kati padmarao sure. was a was a towering leader from that part yeah yeah the person who led the chunduru karamchedu right. agitation he says that christianity was my first radicalizing many you know anti caste from joshua and yeah, you know the so many good exactly from joshua so many of them immanuel sekran in tamil nadu atheist but any, yeah, yeah immanuel sekran in tamil nadu yeah 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 the first targeted riots on dalits anywhere in the country were in tamil nadu in response to the mobilization of christian dalits in the south led mm. primarily at that point by immanuel sekran he was murdered hmm. and then this huge uprising in the 50s right right so when there is an attempt to say that there is no radical anti caste hmm. in christianity the question then for arises as to is there first and foremost theologically is there common ground between the abrahamic faiths and buddhism let's say in terms of emancipatory politics in terms of providing solace to a wounded soul in terms of liberating the slaves right in terms of when we talk about christianity we talk about the life of jesus of nazareth in comparison i mm. do not know enough about islam and about muslim society i mm. i will not comment straight away on that but i do know this of abrahamic i mean at least the christian side of the abrahamic faith right so where is this coming from not this thing that if you are christian you are not ambedkarite if you are christian you are not anti caste and if you are christian on top of that you are privileged also by the way supposedly No, I think that's a very sad uh, 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 statement to really say if you are not a uh, if you are if you are a Christian you're not an Ambedkarite. I think that really defeats the purpose of the uh, the expansive idea of what an Ambedkarite is. I mean, it's somebody you ex- explain and explore and expose. See <clears throat> what has happened uh, in many instances due to the influence of churches. um the primary liberator for people that has been a contestation is it jesus is it the local pastor or is it the national hero that you would like to have and many a times unfortunately in many senses the 
the radical politics of nationally indian national was something surrounding around the debate of separate electorates and ambedkar and gandhi and you know the kind of traditional politics of of dalit uh, and and so many um, church groups in this sense took some time to centralize ambedkar and when they did it was a time when they started recognizing the importance of date and this happened and it's natural it, you, you know so like for example many dalit christians i met in abroad i mean they would shy away from their dalit identity they would nothing to do with it they would you know and the imagine same would apply i suppose to dalits across the board no no so 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 the 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 emancipatory potential for them is nothing to do with caste it has to do with how they function in society and that's good i mean that means they have escaped caste and or have they uh, i mean i don't so know. a person who's hiding i mean we yeah. off late you know coming out is also big yeah yeah sorry sorry am i yeah coming out is again right a big topic of discussion a person who is hiding their identity yeah. should that person be seen as a victim of his own device no no we cannot i mean i think the person who is hiding is trying their best to make through we cannot expect radical potential from everybody and, and so is that person a victim is that person shana i mean See, there's something okay let me read a section from what you're saying okay during the drafting of this policy you're talking about uh, you know the exclusion of bengali buddhists the uh-huh. exclusion of uh, christians in the 1936 uh, you know uh, order a, order the government of india act you know hmm. uh, so you say during the drafting of this policy uh-huh. it seems that dalit christians and dalit muslims did not advocate for their inclusion into the sc order hmm. even f- the dominant obcs did not want to be identified with backwardness because it brought them into close prox- proximity to dalits hmm. the same was with the new now promoted educated and culturally savvy dalits hmm. many a time due to educational and cultural advantages dalit christians and and muslims have shunned their own scheduled caste dalit brethren targeting them as inferior keeping no interpersonal or interreligious hmm. relationships now this i'll take it little sentence by sentence hmm. so the first thing that you say during the drafting of this policy it seems that dalit christians and dalit muslims did not advocate right okay. now here i put to you i don't know what again about muslims but i know about the people who advocated for christians hmm. there were no advocates for dalit christians at that point hmm. the people who adv- advocated for the christian cause were three upper caste christians one was hc mukherjee hc mukherjee is this mm-hmm. former governor of bengal this towering politician who uh, you know uh, uh, was a christian leader community leader all that then you have rajkumari amrit kaur Rajkumari Amrit Kaur a Sikh woman Protestant Christian church leader Time magazine 1947 woman of the year mm-hmm. okay you have Jerome father Jerome de Souza now when you look at their constituent assembly submissions you find that they are not just uh so the conversation at that point you know was about two things right one about those separate electorates that minorities were getting which these people said no we don't want at all mm. right uh but they were also in their submissions if you read very very anti affirmative action now i just want to re- read out hmm. this one somewhere i'd saved this screenshotted this statement made by rajkumari amrit kaur where she says and i quote um pardon me i'll take a second no problem
So this is on the 18th of March 1947. She writes uh, to the secretary of the Constituent Assembly of India, says uh, privileges and safeguards really weaken those that demand them. Hmm. Privileges and safeguards really weaken those that demand them. I am therefore of the opinion that no minority should demand any safeguards, but should be brave enough. to rely solely on the goodwill of the majority communities to inspire the necessary confidence in the minorities this is rajkumari amritkar the people who you are quoting as having waved up. off waved off right right you're saying during the drafting of this policy it seems that dalit christians and dalit muslims did not advocate for it. now this is a dalit this is a person who represented represented christians as a whole i am assuming that she might not even have awareness of the existence of dalit christians let's even say no so that's right. why we need to what we need to do is we have to understand the archive of a christian community at least in in you know colonial india i mean they had a presence they had a stature i mean it's not that they were mute victims of something i mean they had i mean you know you can read through biographical anecdotes as to you know there was certain accessibility i mean the reason ambedkar became a leader was also because his accessibility education and stuff ritmalai srinivasan for n sivaraj for example i mean these were all leaders who had who had come from that pedigree if you will so so i don't i mean i have not come across and maybe there is i don't know where caste mattered to our uh, dalit christian people around that time uh, where for them it was like hold on hold on hold on let me just you know i mean you know for me i'm i'm oppressed by caste and i think that's the most terrible thing and i'm a, i'm a proud christian i want to be with my faith but this is the problem and so you know what let me what what i what i should do is i should advocate for the inclusion of dalit christians into the into separate electorate because we are part of it now now one problem with that might be that the dalit christians themselves might not have a consolidated uh, uh, constituency uh, the way <clears throat> ambedkar had and 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 when he was fighting for separate electorates now my question is you know if you are a, a dalit christian right and you see a dalit person fighting for certain rights what is more important for you your caste existence or your religious identity I mean that's the kind of question I was raising, and now for for many people, as I was saying, for them they didn't wanted to be bothered by caste. That's why they went to different religion. That was the primary aim. It defeated the purpose when they went to purpose. I mean the the the, the caste didn't matter, and so religion became the 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 unifying factor for them. But but Suraj, can I interrupt you and say over there that anything that a person off caste, hmm. I'm assuming that you know people who are assigned certain duties are off caste. by doing anything different from that hmm. they are moving away from caste yeah there, that there is a certain radical yeah yeah element absolutely. to that absolutely mobility right and yeah. why do i get a sense that somehow there is not much appreciation for that radical step no, no, i am i am in fact i am saying that was the great move right. what i am saying is it was but it didn't work out either no but i am saying it was politically imprudent what it didn't do was to create a, now now what now here's the thing we should not punish uh uh our dalit christian uh, brothers and sisters for what happened in 1936 probably the consolidation of, of which they were not even part of the conversation so so this is my thing like that's why i illustrated now hc mukherjee rajkumari amritkar and, and jerom de souza are not dalit so, christians so so for me the question would have then been important as to say let's say i'm and i don't know during i mean i'm not an archivist of that era as to we certainly know at least coastal andhra the dalit community is sizable much of the malas even in this region 
uh went to the christian identity and it was easy you know the asa is essentially a coastal mahala christian Absol- organization abso- am i wrong absolutely I mean, yeah. no no absolutely yeah. so so and it's and the ambedkar students association of rohit vemula this, yeah. this this is essentially this essentially <coughs> is a coastal uh, yeah. kind of you know and that side of coast of that other peninsula is is not uh, necessarily the kind of uh, emancipatory christianity it comes it comes with a certain catholic kind of in tones no no so here also aisa kuch nahi hai ki matlab emancipatory in what sense i mean uh even access to education yes no christian institutions have not provided that kind of access to y- education to dalit christians you you are right you will they will educate some uh, sanghi also you know you are absolutely mostly i mean brahmins fact, mostly upper caste people in in fact in fact they have been doing that in mm-hmm. in, in fact in stain stevens even though the cni i was told yesterday has an affirmative action resolution like one of the first they don't allow dalit christians to have that because they just want offer escape so so what we are trying to say is what is the meaning of a dalit christian yeah first of all you know is it that we are dalits and as well as christians or is it that we were still dalitized even though we became christians like uh, can't can't it be can't it be now again since we are speaking in hyderabad a few kilometers from hyderabad university campus you know can we not look at it in terms of did christianity allow you to leave the vellivada vellivada in this case you know it had different it has different synonyms in, in different languages i mean right. in in marathi it's just wada right dalit yeah, wada yeah. in kannada it is keri in tamil it is cheri right the nature of the cheri has different has changed right which means that one brother is a christian one brother is not a christian right right the same has happened in a vellivada but the the, the vellivada is where it was the person who converted in the vellivada is also specially there only yeah so therefore my question as to if it has not essentially changed where that person's house is located where you know <laughs> so something as the, simple as that it's so, not like church mein convert ho gaye tumne and starting mein thoda sa um, i don't know it might trigger some people when you say that you know oh, kya kapda wakda deke khana wana deke bula liya kind of thing no, you know I, i can tell you i can tell you it happened but with with me it i'm sure i'm sure you know pehle bhooke ko khana dete fir we can talk about god and, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong in that nothing what i'm saying is but this conversion to christianity did not mean that their houses became in some christian quarters near the church exactly they're still staying in the valley absolutely only. absolutely and i again i'm saying over here and it's it is my failing as a journalist and you know as an observer of society that i have not studied muslim societies well enough you know uh, but i definitely know that there is really no religious character to the dalitwada at least in the south absolutely chai wo keri ho wa cheri ho ya valliwada right so therefore my question to you is transformation chodo ये तो दिख रहा है आपको वहां पे सामने कंटेनर it is a fish in a larger bowl and that larger bowl is what brahmanism that larger bowl is what a certain hindu india right it is shaped by its surroundings can't we not take that into account no i mean so the, so i am open to whatever the uh, 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 verdict is i mean i'm i have i'm agnostic about the because but what has but happened you do seem to suggest again if you allow me to yeah, go yeah, to yeah. this one section of your thing and i'll i'll kind of try and close here i mean in, you know conclude these are some of the important things towards the end but you say many a time due to educational and cultural advantages dalit christians and muslims have shunned their own scheduled caste yes. now suraj you and i 
between our interactions are so often talked about the ISIPs Dalit. Yeah. Who is no Christian, but who does does qualify into this? Who does fall into this educationally and cultu- culturally advantageous right. positions that right. they have grown into? No, no. And they shun their brethren. Okay. That's one aspect of, which is contemporary. Right. If you look, go really back into how our society is structured, we do know that Dalit is not one caste, right? Right, right, right. It is Mala, Madiga, so many absolutely, other things. And there are competing untouchabilities over there. Right. Which is very unfortunate, but in a, yeah, I mean, in a, in a, in a Karnataka context, a yeah. Madiga considers a Dakaliga untouchable. Correct. A Holeya considers a Madiga untouchable. So you have these competitions. It is the bottom of the pyramid in which the contest is very feral. Mm. Almost lacking in mercy. Let's yeah, you know, yeah, I also know. reflect I, I on the kind of desperation that we have seen in the bottom of the pyramid, right? Right. So over there, do you really have space to appreciate somebody's marginality over yours or are you just that cockroach which is super happy to escape from that pit? No, I think we have to we have to understand this in a context. You know, if 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 it if it's read in that way, uh, then we certainly will have knee-jerk reactions. What we need to understand is like what we don't see in the archive. That's what I'm trying to say. Is an active lobby of the Lit Christian as a consolidated group. Yeah. Or which is saying, you know, it it comes post-independence era. Now here's the thing, man. You know, I wanna I wanna uh, I wanna add a caveat. Which is, I am not educated about that archive and, and I think I need to be more before commenting on this. So that's why I'm hesitating to whenever, you know, you're pushing me to that. I just don't know. Uh, but what I can talk through an empirical evidence of political movements. Now, there is no purity about political movements. I mean, you can be any caste, any uh, sub, uh, Dalit caste or, or, or you can be any Adivasi or BC caste and, and, and you can still be part of a movement. And it doesn't matter religion and all, you know, it's just it's just for your identity. The, the, the problem becomes, is caste a primary identity or is religion a primary identity? Now, why I say that is, that's the kind of measurement of scheduled caste status. Scheduled caste status has made it in appear in a way where it should be religious neutral, but it is not. It is, it is religious exclusionary. Why? Now, th- there are two elements to that is what I think. First is the nationalistic zeal attached to the scheduled caste status. Nationalistic zeal is where the faith of uh, Abrahamic uh, uh, is, is considered it's considered non-nationalist. You know, in, in, in Ambedkar, when he goes to Buddhism, one of the statements he says, he's like, the, the national should be happy, or not national, somebody should be happy, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gone back to the Indian, you know. Now, there might be certain, the way we understand nationalism now is different than whatever it was. And the second um, context to that is uh, that the way religion was taken and now this argument is not completely uh, uh, honest uh, which is um, why I mean you know if there is if there is a Sikh part of the faith if there is they added new Buddhist recently uh, 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 to the quota um, and, and the new Buddhists were part of big lobby and they made it possible uh, why was it Quote unquote, I don't know if it was easy, but why was it easy for them? Because, see, Sikh community already had separate electorate. Yet the Dalit community, I mean, the first entrants to scheduled caste were Sikh Dalits. Yeah. So, so four, four communities were added right in the beginning. So, so what yeah. was it there that yeah. happened, right? Was Sikh still considered as a part of a larger capital I Indic faith identity? Or was this still considered as something that Sikh is still having the trauma because of course there is we cannot we cannot we cannot exclude 
the dimensions of partition from the inclusion of second you know 1950 order mein to you you get you get a clear picture and and, and so forth now the history the history of shield caste is so complex it keeps evolving there's no fixed identity now on on the question of injustice marginalized and discrimination whoever it is doesn't matter schedule caste or non schedule caste should deserve protection should deserve affirmative action should deserve reservation there's no doubt about it whoever it is under what category is the important thing and no. that's what i'll come to see now yeah yeah so there is a lot of things saying that obc mein mil raha hai le lo so so lekin obc mein political reservation nahi hai and therefore it leads me to wonder almost suspect hmm. if there is a kind of design to keep dalit politics or sc politics dalit to chodi do it's still evolving define the definition and all that the sc politics to keep it while you're saying the using the word indic you know actually it is hindu because every elected body anywhere in india has its share of sc uh-huh. candidates right it's by default by design hona hi hai and we know that the neo buddhist movement is still in its nascence nascent stage yeah. it's still a fledgling movement a majority of those people who are entering from gram sabha to to taluk panchayat jilla panchayat assembly parliament are hindu dalits mm, yeah and you know anecdotally again i don't have data anecdotally i i'm sure both of us can agree that they are also practicing hindu and in fact when they come into that mla mp consideration they become more hindu than the hindu Correct. themselves and therefore yes, i ask you therefore i ask you this is a two part question i hope i can keep it like cut right. cut and quick and you know so you say christians and muslims have shunned their own schedule schedule caste brethren targeting them as inferior mm-hmm. what do you say about the hindu dalit yeah who is proliferating absolutely who is entering every elected body right. as a hindu yeah as a hindu that's uh, one aspect of my question if you can hold on to that yeah okay um okay actually let's answer let, let's so so answer. so yeah. so so this is what happened i, I can talk good empirically with what i have seen and yeah. you know experienced and the moment when there was a position of creating solidarity now solidarity exists if you are a hindu dalit you are still part of a larger identity that you will align with okay you're more acceptable you think it makes you more acceptable if you are a hindu dalit hmm. um i mean because it, last mein kya hai abhi reserve reserve seat mein you are not fighting for dalit votes you are fighting for upper caste votes right no no but, but their but, acceptance but no no but hindu dalit question uh, for, for example to answer uh, shan there you know we don't see evidence now we see now we see but historically we don't see a constituency of dalit christian maybe there was not existing that's what i'm saying or dalit muslim which i don't know still 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 i'm uh, yet to still suspicious that, about yeah. it right uh, to then create so whenever there was an uh, possibility of creating certain alliance i mean the hindu dalits quote and quote were considered inferior because it is part of an untouchable uh, you know religion and and you know you're still untouchable whereas we we have elevated our standards and that's nothing wrong in that see nobody wants to be the reason i left the house is because i don't want to be part of this whatever experience i have but now when we are noticing much more uprising on the question of religion and caste where there are movements from 1990s we see more actively although 1980s era was 
kind of seeing note. Uh, and and much of this happened because of the NGO activism. Much of this is still happening because of NGO activism. Because of Christian NGOs? Uh, supported by uh, Christian organizations uh, abroad before FCRA came and all. Because if you if you use that, I mean, you have to also consider that there are some organizations which have done sterling work. I don't call them Christian NGOs. But, you know, there are prominent Christians in the NGO circuit who have made a hell of a lot of difference when it comes to implementation of atrocities, Ma- manual scavenging. Absolutely. I mean, NCDHR, Paul Diwakar, all these. You yeah. I mean, and so the so question remains, did they approach this as a Christian Dalit or they approach it as a Dalit person engaging with this question? The reason, the reason this becomes important even though Paul Divakar might not want to identify, I mean, he must be Dalit Christian, but he never comes and, you know, for him, the politics is much more important. Paul Divakar, for example, he's working on an international plane. He was the person responsible during the Durban conference to take part. And, and he exactly. has the most, uh, and he could do that because he had access to that space. Yeah. Right? No other, Hindu Dalits will not have, Sikh Dalits will not have, or even Buddhist Dalits will not have. Right? There is a certain advantage to that and that has worked in favor of a proper implementation of Dalit politics, which is what we see. Now, our question is, is the scheduled caste grouping, now we have to understand that many people have argued this and I'm not the original contributor to this idea. People have already written about it. It's an operational issue. Uh, Experiential, philosophical, theological question is, Certainly, they should receive they should receive the protection that is given under SC status uh, to the people who are who are who are who are. Now, what that's going to do after still the matter is subjudice. Uh, K. G. Balakrishnan, Honorable Chief Justice, is investigating, and we'll see. What will it do to the political categorization? Now, see when the opposites or when the other side will say, "Hey, man, listen, Dalits." irrespective of their religion, they were added. Buddhists were added. Christians, uh, Sikhs were added. Why not add uh, uh, Christians? And it's absolutely valid argument. You cannot defeat that argument. I mean, if it, if, it's, if it's meant to be religious neutral, then it has to be a caste, uh, 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 a positive identity that is going through it. Within the SC status, what we are seeing, the anxiety is, Dalit Christians, I think across India, will not be more than 2 or 3 percentage. I'm not sure. So that is the thing. So if you speak to, you, you I mean, our sister Cynthia Stephen, you know, uh, who, who you are, yeah. you know, you're a big admirer of her. Absolutely. Uh, and all that, you know, she says that, aap category bana ke dekho, then you will really know what the size of SE Christians is. Right. That is one thing. So it's saying that it is just the tip of the iceberg, this 2 percent, 3 percent. There are a whole lot of people, you know, in Tamil and Telugu states, who are Christian, but like, thoda sa, yeah. you know, chupake. Yeah, I mean, okay. for benefit, they are Hindus, but when practicing, they are Christians. I've heard that in Tamil Nadu. Hmm. Benefits, mat bolo na. Affirmative action, bolo. No, no, reservation, I mean, Haan. the reservation yeah. benefits, na. Now, no, no, but, but again, so I, my previous question, I was trying to talk about this political representation and how the political represent, representation of Dalits today is happening by Hindu Dalits. Right. Because they are the most, we know that, you know, reserve constituencies are all about the most acceptable Dalit to the upper caste yeah, parties. Most right? of the time. Yeah. So the most acceptable fellow is that Hindu, this thing only. Now, I was talking about a suspicion that I had earlier, which is, you know, like a growing suspicion that there is a resistance 
to complicate this elect this electoral dynamics within the SC fold. Because do consider what will become possible if suddenly SC Dalits, uh, SC Christians, and SC Muslims get reservation. You'll suddenly have SC Christian reserved seats, SC Muslim reserved seats. That will fundamentally change the nature of reserve constituencies and how the politics are played. Politics is played in those constituencies, yeah. and the resistance to that, to my mind, I mean, to my my narrow understanding, is a resistance to complicating the Hindu question. Which is, I suppose, at the heart of the anti-caste movement, which is at the center of hmm. Dalitality. Hmm. That at the center we have to challenge Hindu Brahminical yeah. hegemonic. But structures. not only. Okay. Not only. Okay. We have to also challenge the uh, uh, the hierarchical penetration that has happened beyond Hindu. Uh, it has to be Sikh. It has to be Buddhist. It has to be Christian. It has to be Islam. Now, how will we approach that question? Can I answer that? If yeah. you allow me, I think we we first need data, Suraj. See, like the the uh, the caste surveys that we keep talking about. Right? Yeah. Now, uh, within the SC fold, also we don't have data as to what is the relative marginalization of a Dakhiliga over yeah, yeah. a yeah, Madhiga. Yeah. What is there are one zero one communities notified as SC in Karnataka. One zero one communities. I don't know how many there are in. We don't know the relative. Backwardness or forwardness of right. those communities. So, you know, coming from a position of karuna, compassion, inclusion of the avarna, yeah, primarily for the avarna. When yeah. we're inverting the pyramid, we're talking about the, the un avarna untouchables, the untouchable it. form, uh -huh. not formerly. I mean, formerly, why do you say that? I don't know. Because yeah. it still plays out still, in so yeah, many ways. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's because it's constitutionally constitutionally outlawed, so called untouchables and all of that. So, therefore, I ask you again. Yeah. You know, uh, does the inclusion of Dalit Christians and Dalit Muslims not complicate the SC fold and if your question is well, how do we account for their advantage my answer to that would be do a survey yeah okay that honest self reflection has not happened since when yaar. Hindus have not allowed the survey to happen since when right caste Hindus right have been first survey itself when it was done of economic social backwardness they resisted it tooth and nail when the first time it happened I think in 1911 see uh, what will happen Mondal see uh, which I think Professor Thorad at some point I asked him yesterday actually that he he had given some interview. Vincent Manoharan told me actually at some point. So I don't know where these um, narratives are, but uh, that uh, Vincent's struggle is against the church oppression and how he's been articulating pushing that agenda. And he's been pretty successful relatively. And you know, they've been gone to courts. And one of the other debates was inclusion, I mean, given scheduled caste status. Now, now with, with that, with that, um, Understanding the Christian community who has big the Dalit community has become Christian is really a uh, is really what their recent experiences right now if you look at experience as opposed to policy in policy Dalit Christians can get the same protection. Like many a times, like the question is, you know, the atrocities that happened and the Christians are not covered under that. We can make, there are two things. We can make equally stringent law or we can amend POA Act to exclusively include Dalit Christians 
and Dalit Muslims. I don't know. Now, Dalit Muslim category still is evolving for my experience. I've not I'm seen. I'm also learning about it. I've, I've not yeah. seen yet. I've heard Pasmanda. Tha. Late only yeah, I'm listening. Pasmanda, Pasmanda is this whole, uh, you know. Now they're saying it's an umbrella category. I'll I'll get to it when I get to it. I mean, sometime later. But let's I mean, to you know, I mean, the, the, the whole uh, Ashraf Ajlavs and Ajrals, uh, which 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 Ajral is supposed to be Dalit and, uh, you know, Ashrafs are podcast and Ajlavs uh, are. So, uh, or, or OBC, current OBC. So, what we need to understand is, within the caste fold, that, as I've raised also, will the Dalit Christian practice his or her existence as a Dalit person first or as a Christian person first? Now, why do I say this? In Hindu category, you don't have alternative. <laughs> your caste is your priority because it's theologically sanctioned, boss. Christianity doesn't permit you. Doesn't permit you, doesn't mean doesn't exist. I'm not saying that. So what will be the identity that will be performed? Now, one can say, one can say, uh, I am a Christian, right? But I'm of a Dalit background, which happens, which is normal. People of any caste background with their common lineage, see, the Bamsef ideology is about converted minorities that include the whole Bhojan paradigm within that Bhojan. And that's why many Muslims and many Christians, South India were part of BSP Bamsef movement. And it's not new. Dr. Ambedkar and Anglo-Indian were fighting for inclusion of separate electorates and there is archive. The reason I mentioned that they were nowhere to be found was that 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 evidence and incident, which is because there are many reasons. Maybe they were not given a place, they were not given a position, but at least we could have seen like the Ad Dharmis, hmm. Ad Dharmis of Punjab, they were not Punjab, I mean, they were not Sikh people. They created their own, I mean, they were not recognized. Motua also. Yeah, Motua, for example, very strongly, right? Hmm. Uh, in uh, Bangladesh, maybe Bengal, Bengal you know. Hmm. So, so what we see is we don't see that absolute evidence, and so doesn't mean we should punish for that what happened. So now, what is the situation? We should look at the comparative examples. Now, very sadly, what has happened is the stereotypical uh, exemplification of what a Christian means has been applied to the lits also, which which you know which Christian means a certain you know certain status, certain stature, which doesn't. I'm not comparing. We have to compare societies with societies. The, the Hindu society with the Christian society. Because here religion is becoming a question. Caste is not becoming a question. The day these identities will be caste-centric as opposed to religion-centric. Now, for a Muslim, what is their primary identity? Muslim? Islam. I mean, their Muslimness is their primary identity. And there's nothing wrong in that. That's how they identify. But is that in contradiction with their Dalit identity? If Let's assume that there are Dalits. See, the them. priority of your existence of untouchability is that you are unable to obfuscate your experience. Your primary identity is your untouchability. You can shroud yourself in Islam. Yes. But you can't take away the untouchability. The, the, and, and that remains a big contradiction to this debate. Okay. Because... See, okay, you're willing to concede that. Like. No, no, no. See, Islamic uh, 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 virtue, hmm. the ulema, is a very higher form of uh, equality. But still, you are not equal. So the question remains. You mean the Ummah? Uh, no. Ulema uh, Ummah. Ummah, na? The concept. Ummah, sorry, Ummah. Uh, uh, so, so what, what I insist in this essence uh, is, if there is a practice of caste, the way we critique Hinduism, can we open up the critique of Islam or Christianity? What that will do is, that will really keep up the bare bones of this is what has happened. Now, 
the one of the one of the rejections is that the dalit christians or the muslims let's call the obc muslims mostly um they have critiqued hinduism but we have not seen critique of the faith that has not granted them equality there is a critique of institution there is a critique of and there is nothing wrong see christianity is a religion of poor people it's 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 led by conceptually no no i mean you i mean yeah. it off i mean oh, africa yeah. mostly is a christian but also islam i mean you know it did provide you certain confidence you know i mean it might not take you to the uh, mountain top but it will provide you that comfort and you will uh, you will relish in this christian theological identity which is again liberatory and emancipatory for the backward people but what we need to understand is we cannot sit on the margins and offer a critique to a faith which will then denigrate us to the level because here the country of india is still conflated with whether it is secular republic or whether it is a theologically hindu republic or whatever republic it is now the stereotype that people have promoted when it comes to christianity is christian institutions are there they get minority benefits but they don't understand that the dalits of the christians don't get access to that they are still at the margins that loud critic needs to become part of mainstream dalit political discourse before that happens the other dalit on the other side is still seeing our dalit christian as christian but the moment the dalit christian is saying you know what i am christian and i am happy whatever my name is and and i believe i bow down to the almighty god i believe in whatever the uh, commandments talk about that's your personal practice but i am also experiencing uh, untouchability in this in this example now what we say is we critique brahminism now we cannot singularly identify brahminism as an exterior element because there is something sinister to this and similarly in islam also the hierarchies of tribalist nature exist so if we have that critique yeah that what it will do is it will create much more solidarity among are acha you are also a victim so what what i am telling is i am telling is that our christian dalit brothers and sisters they need to get with the critique of not i mean this is not just to say i i hate my religion and all that's not the meaning but to say that my caste is my primary identity and once they do that their investment in caste politics now your caste politics becomes only important because the other christian is mistreating you as opposed to the entire society mistreating you that is also true no 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 so no no so this is what i am trying to point out right. that the that the discrimination that happens within our churches and then you feel humiliation as opposed to and that humiliation is not lesser or more evil than the person who is born as an untouchable with the deformities and stuff like that so what we need to do what i propose is to gain the wider acceptance to this debate because this is going to continue for several decades it's going to continue it's going to keep on bringing up the issue that the dalit christian community in this sense which is our community this is happened to be christian there's nothing you know we need to dispel the myth of this hegemonic christian identity that provides a certain comforts because it has not provided us this so we are struggling vincent manohran for example is exactly doing that he is trying to gain foot and still uh, the churches enjoy hegemony the institutions have their own uh, dominance and so we know that second aspect of this is for us if we resolve caste as opposed to religious identity 
that resolve the schedule cast status idea, uh, problem we need to resolve what is the uh, primary and in comparative there is no hesitation to grant schedule cast status provided these qualifiers are met then there is actually workable or else it will be a very uncomfortable uh, people huddled into a room where everybody will try to elbow each other trying to gain that's why many people said bring dalit christians into schedule caste fold absolutely like the, there are other religion and give them like there are many categorizations of quota let there be a quota right now there is 15 18% whatever if dalit christians come let's say 2% or 3 make it 20 make it that and there's no hesitation to that but let's say for a workable model for a workable model if there isn't we can still amend poa act to include dalit christians exclusively to include uh, the 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 victims of uh, this religion exclusively is, is is what i think and what you think seems to suggest that you know this is uh, something that a lot of people have pointed out which is that this is not a matter that should be resolved in the courts uh-huh. it is a matter that should be resolved in the court of the people which is the elected uh, you know parliament and the parliament can be the only arbiter of this question parliament and if the parliament be. has to take up this and if it has to happen at that level then it has to come through organic yeah. people's movements and it's it can only happen when dalit christians problematize their existing faith and uh, build larger uh, solidarities with dalits from other across faiths right that is when the political churnings will happen yeah. which will lead to this thing okay i'll leave this uh at uh, at this point and uh, can you promise me that when the balakrishnan report comes mm-hmm. that we will have another oh no we see we should i think we will he will throw up i'm i'm guessing i mean he's a he's somebody i have a lot of regard for you know on on such questions let's say you know this report has its has throws up its own data throws up its own conundrums we should definitely have that discussion i can, think what what i'm saying is see balakrishnan will come with the report that will be favorable i think mm mm-hmm. are uh, to the actual marginalized people which happens to be dalit christian because he i think he will have to he will study the data he will examine he if he goes to south india he is himself a south indian he will know this kind in kerala for example dalit christians are 8 percentage they are given 1% quota in the state legislature uh, or the state uh, body wherever it is so they, that can worked out also on state level so what i am trying to tell is for the example you can for the, if you look at the proportion if you look at the different kind of proportion see eventually mondal it's going to be a deeply religious issue as opposed to the caste issue and when it becomes religious issue you will kill each other easily because what we see today christianity islam hinduism all this faith they really gather to establish their hegemony and if scheduled caste become scheduled religion where the caste are part of a religious identity then it's really going to create much more contradiction now sikh for example is confined to punjab you understand what i mean so that doesn't create an entire spillover on the rest of the india politics you understand uh, we have sikh people in nanded uh, and they don't have caste certificates for their uh, you know as long as i know so when it comes to the renaissance of buddhist culture majority were confined to uh, maharashtra and the neighboring areas that's how it worked out so when we are creating these changes it has to be a national change that needs to and for that we need to have national buy in so i think the debate that we need to do is we need to resolve recapping this is will the dalit christians or the muslims of different castes identify themselves with caste identity first or religion identity first 
that has to be resolved once that is clear then the critique of their existence through theological experimentation that happened through not just church or mosque mosque mein to hota nahi hai we usually know uh, but through private practices then that is not a religious question that is a social question and then if that's a social question the religious question here is given priority in the scheduled caste order religion ka question ko priority diya hai but it is not prioritized in this sense so we need to reform this or, or else what it will do is it will just keep keep beating us each other this is a christian guy this is a muslim guy this is a hindu guy this is a buddhist guy there will not be resolve around the issue that we are trying to meet at common place wow that's a lot of ground covered thank you so much suraj for being here being patient and i do wish we had gone into more detail uh, in that article of yours into that article of yours but uh, i'm sure we can come back again and continue that conversation these are conversations that don't end easily and hope to have you back here again very soon thank you so much i hope this conversation gave you something to think about i'll be back with another provocative thinker in the next episode of what's your ism the news minute and this show reaches people because of people like you it's ironic that outlets with cash aren't invested in their journalism and those who are invested in their journalism just don't have the cash you can help change that one subscription at a time become a tnn member 